Hello and welcome to the Untranslatable Podcast. We are here at episode 40, on the road again, tailgating in Ann Arbor, uh, and a little bit about some American football culture for all of our listeners all over the world. Uh, this may not be some exciting news for our American listeners, but I'm sure they'll be able to relate to what we are going to be discussing today. I have to admit, tailgating is one thing that I have definitely been missing while I have been here in the Czech Republic. Um, so yeah, so we'll be discussing that today. And uh, with my tailgating expert, I introduce to you my amazing co-host, my buddy, Jared. Hello, hello. Welcome. Hail to the victors. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't dislike Michigan, but I don't even really... That just felt gross saying that. Um, yeah, no. I, you know, I don't consider myself a tailgating expert. This is my probably first time ever tailgating. And I'd say... Um, it was interesting, though. We'll get to that later, though. First of all, if you want to follow along again with our on the road again, tailgating in Ann Arbor, Ann Arbor, ooh, that's kind of a tongue twister, shenanigans, follow us on Twitter, Untranslatable1, follow us on Instagram, Untranslatable Podcast, or email us and tell us your on the road again stories from your favorite travel locations. I love Ann Arbor. And I, I, you know, it, I, you know what I think it took me leaving and coming back as a visitor to realize this place is great. It's so like it uh, really is. And uh, I think I'm, I think I just took it for granted. But now that I'm back, I'm like, oh man, this place is nice. And I walked around er- this morning for a couple hours, and uh, mm-hmm. and it was and uh, it was also kind of like a reminiscy kind of thing because sure it, it reminded me of all. It was like, oh, I remember that place. I was like, oh, I remember going there. A little bit and, of nostalgia um, for you, buddy. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even get. I didn't even go to all the places I want to go to because I had to come back and talk to you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, I'm ruining your party. Your party in Ann Arbor. I I agree with you though. I mean, Ann Arbor is a beautiful city. I grew up in Dexter, Michigan, which is right down the road, more or less. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you tell people about, from yeah. abroad that you're from Ann Arbor? Um, well, what, what I usually tell people, <laughs> what I usually tell people is if they n- even know where Michigan is or what it is, right. And Ann Arbor is I'm not about that a well 40, known. right. I tell them I'm about a 40 minute drive away from Detroit. That's usually how okay. I put it. Yeah. Detroit's more well known than Ann Arbor. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Most Czechs here know, know a little bit about Detroit. I have a lot of, uh, students who are gamers. And so they're really uh, a huge fan of Detroit becomes human. Oh Some yeah. Computer I've heard game, about I believe. that. I've heard about so, that. Mm-hmm. So but yeah, so what have you been doing in Ann Arbor, buddy? Um, well, well, I got here on Friday. I I drove, which is so nice, because it it always seems to fly by. It's about anywhere between eight and nine hours. And I first of all, I, t- I always tend to take way more stops when I'm driving by myself than I'm w- when I'm with people, because I ne- first of all, I never want to be the person to ask to pull over to pee. So, um, but then when I'm by myself, I'm, I'm and I'm and I'm when I'm by myself, I think I'm just constantly kind of doing stuff with my hand, so I'm constantly, like, sipping on something. But it's very mm-hmm. peaceful. I enjoy it very much. And um, I'm always kind of, like, paranoid about putting miles on my car, but why? You know? It's not like it's it's old. And uh, and it's so uh, – and I never really drive that much anyway, so it's very nice to uh, – it's very relaxing. You know, I listen to some music, some podcast, and uh, it's nice. So I like that part. And it's can I Can I ask you something? Yeah. Were you uh, listening to the untranslatable podcast on loop your whole drive? <laughs> I was, I was, <laughs> and I, <laughs> and then at one point I uh, was driving over this beautiful scenic bridge and I just yanked the re- wheel and drove off of it. <laughs> 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 um, 
<laughs> that's uh but no I, it is it is very peaceful i i enjoy it and um although like always especially when you're driving on the turnpikes and when you're driving through ohio and pennsylvania too to be fair um the police are on uh are on uh are every every a couple miles so you got to be on on alert but did you have that radar on you i did car? i did and at first it's kind of old and I, and I was like i don't need this thing like this thing doesn't even work anymore and literally within like an hour of driving uh, like I saw like a waze thing c- coming up and it started beeping as I saw I was like oh okay I guess good thing I put this up <laughs> it is working uh, within like an hour of this drive but yeah so that was cool and um, yeah uh, I- I'm trying to think what else did I do I mean do you want can me to I, just run I through I the entire trip right now well well I'd like to ask you another question just about your drive mm-hmm. um, so, so it was what nine ten hours you said eight to nine Okay. Probably and you a little more over nine because I stopped. I stopped a little more than necessary. Okay. So, well, first of all, I guess my question is: Did you did you bring food and snacks with you, or did you stop and eat at like fast food joints? Chad, I'm glad you asked that question. Um, I literally made a note of that to bring that up. But yeah, I, so I um, what I did was uh, at a, at about so I left my place at about eight something, and at about ten thirty, I stopped at Chick Fil A. And I kind of went out of the way only because I hate, Ooh, all right. you know, and I, and I could have I could have gone a little farther and got something along the road. But I the, the Pennsylvania Turnpike specifically has terrible options. It's like Burger King, Roy Rogers, the occasional Panera, because it's like Turnpike stuff. So every spot has the same stop they're, you know, they're like right. on Turnpikes, right. all the stops, which are they're usually nicer, to be fair, rather than when you're on like a non Turnpike freeway. However, some some of them have good stops. And you get lucky. It's like, ooh, I'm on this turnpike. That means I'm going to get this. But the Pennsylvania Turnpike, and Ohio for that matter, is not one of them. And so the food was, I knew the food was going to be crappy. So I got, I got, um, I got Chick-fil-A early, and I kind of got more than I usually would. And I kind of filled up on that. I was like, all right, this will be my na- main meal, and I'll snack. And I'll tell you the snack that sustained me. It's actually right here. I'm, I was snacking on it before we started podcasting. Nice. Are the iced animal crackers these ones? Oh, nice. I haven't had those in forever. Dude, me neither. But I've been on a um, search for a great road trip snack, and this came to me. I was Googling it at work the other day, road trip snacks, and those came (laughs) up, and I was like, oh, I totally forgot about those, and they're great. They're great. I I also bought bought chips, but I haven't even opened them. I was like, fuck those chips. I got iced, and maybe I should take a picture of those because I'm sure most people, Americans probably know what it is, but most people outside of America don't know what those are. You you should definitely take a picture. Those, of those. are kind of old My, school. R- oh, they are. I remember as a kid, like I would I would get a bag of those, and th- those things are worse than potato chips, man. You, I could just eat the whole bag in one sitting. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's dangerous. Yeah, I actually it's want some dangerous. right now, but I I can't chew into the microphone. Right. That's a, <laughs> I have, that's uh, fair. but yeah, I am um I am on the road again in Ann Arbor, and um, we'll we'll get a little bit more into that later. But uh, as Willie Nelson always says. On the road again. Ooh, I love it. <laughs> Going I places love it. I've never been. Oh man. Uh, this is a, this is always one of one of the favorite things for me to do is introduce a new drop to you. <laughs> oh, I love that. I've actually it's it's really ironic you played that. I've been on quite a Willie Nelson kick the last couple of days. I can imagine that. So this this you love yeah because he he's a this is he also seems like a good like um fall kind of cold weather transition. Kind of reminisce because his voice kind of puts me into like a reminisce mood. Maybe it's just oh, the sure. on the road again song too, which is all about 
going to do new things and just uh, experiencing life. But um, yeah, it's post Halloween. I hope everyone had a happy Halloween. Did you dress up as anything? Did we talk about this? I did not dress up as anything. You no. said you were going. I was, to. I was boring. No, I said. I said. I said my friend was going to. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, yeah, no, no. I got one more bad costume for you, and I want to get Ooh, your. Right. I want to get your opinion on it. Okay. Sean White, famous snowboarder. Oh, I think I know what this costume. <laughs> continue. Continue. Dressed up as I believe the character's name is Simple Jack, which is a character within a movie. So in the movie Tropic Thunder, Ben Stiller was an actor. And so mm-hmm. Tropic Thunder, the plot of it is that they're filming a movie in like a war-based movie in a war-torn area, and it goes wrong. So all these actors that don't even realize it's going wrong. And um, one of the previous movies that one of the actors was in, Ben Stiller, was called Something. And it was about a character named Simple Jack, who is a uh, special needs character. And Sean White dressed up as, as Simple Jack, uh, that character from the movie Tropic Thunder. And uh, people people didn't like it. And uh, the Special Olympics uh, wrote a, a, a notice saying, hey, not cool. We're, uh, first of all, the Special Olympics has probably paid Sean White to advertise um, for the Special Olympics. And they've probably done events for them and stuff. And they, they're like, not cool. We don't, it's not, not a good look. And it's like, first of all, you got to put it on your own Instagram. <laughs> right. But um, he wrote an apology, and I'll read it to you, because that's the only fair thing to do if I'm going to bring it up, to say that he'd apologize. And um, I'm looking at the the um, costume right now, and it's, uh, shall I say, alarming. And he has the perfect, ju- I don't know if those are fake teeth or what, but I don't know, it's it's like, alarming. Even to, like, the face, I, I have a weird thing about, um, I don't know how I feel about, all right, and sue me if this might make me sound like a grouch. I don't know how I feel about uh, watching adults like um, pose as their Halloween characters in pictures. It always kind of seems a little cheesy to me, like watching like um, I don't know why. Anyway, <laughs> especially I mean, when I think especially when you're dressing up as a special needs character. <laughs> right. Well, well, first, yeah, first of all, I don't understand why you would, in your right mind, think that it's. I don't know. Well, you know, here's here's the tricky thing with Halloween, though. And I, I will think, read the apology, but go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Perfect. I think I think the tricky thing with Halloween is you could also pick somebody, you know, um, and 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 do it with good intentions, right? I'm not saying I have no idea what Sean White was thinking. I don't I don't know the guy personally, right? Um, we could both say this, this is not as bad as the Nazi costume, especially dressing sure. your son up as a Nazi <laughs> or sure. Hitler, rather chief Nazi, right? I actually I also saw a picture online um, that was a picture of Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton, and Hillary Clinton had blackface on. Yeah, I could imagine that. I can this imagine was from that. probably I think like I've heard 10, about that. I 15 years ago. I don't remember, but I, I think I've heard about that. Right. And I will say this. I bet you – and I'm, this is not me justifying it, but I bet you his justification was that he's playing a character within a movie. So this is not only probably, a, like a character yeah. within a character is what he's playing. Character mm-hmm. Inception. <laughs> right. And it's like, no, yeah. I, that's that's a lot of Mama to me. I don't I don't know if I don't know if that's what's happening. I I don't know if I fully support that uh that claim. But uh, anyway, let me read his apology. I owe everyone in the Special Olympics community an apology for my poor choice of Halloween costume the other night. It was a last minute decision. It was the wrong one. This the last minute decision. Um Okay, anyway. Uh the Special Olympics were right to call me out on it. They do uh, great work supporting 
So many tremendous athletes, and I'm sorry for being insensitive. Lesson learned. So I'll say this. As far as apologies goes, that's a solid apology. People give a lot of, like, of those apologies where it's like, I mean, listen, I didn't, I didn't think it was a big deal, but clearly you guys do, so I guess I'm going to apologize. <laughs> right. But he was no, like, it seems like he owned up to it. Especially since he probably, once again, gets paid by them in some extent. And I don't know this. I'm just throwing that out there. This is not... We're not uh, uh, checked by any government. Investigative government. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'd imagine that he's done some work for the Special Olympics where they paid him to show up for stuff. And uh, and he's like, yeah, you guys pay me. And that's not cool if, if you uh, support me and, and, and I uh, put, out, put that out there. I think. So I whether think it's even... right or not, check, keep, check your, uh, your, your wallet. Right. I'm, well, I think even regardless if, if he's been paid or not, I mean, He's, I think he has probably been an inspiration to a lot of Olympians, including special Olympians. Oh, and yeah. So, so, yeah, I would agree with you, though. I mean, this is lazy. I, I lazy think, right. thinking. Yeah. And, and, you know, sometimes that will come back to bite you in the ass a little bit, you know. I mean, uh, but I, fine, I have though. to give that's, the guy that's a lot also of credit. He'll be fine. <laughs> right. But, I, you know, he, he could have not apologized at all. So, right. so you know, it takes, it takes guts to I mean, what's the big deal? It's just a character within a movie. It's not like I was making fun of him. I was right, just playing exactly. the character. Sorry, exactly. you probably hear the noise. That's me trying to grab some of these animal crackers. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. Well, uh, um, okay. I, have some, I have some unfortunate news. So, as, as you know, Jared Bug, our listeners don't know. I was at the very, uh, at least for Komutov, it's very famous. I was at the Derby today, which is Pirati Komutov, my my town's hockey team, against another town called uh, Litvinov, which they're about 35 kilometers away or so. And uh, I have to tell you, man, it was a nail biter until the very end. Um, I think both teams scored in the third period. Um, is 0 0 to I, the third period? It was 0 0 to the third period, which surprised me because. Every other Pirati game I've been to and I've watched, usually they play kind of sloppy in the first period. They tend to get it together in the second period, and then in the third period they usually play the best. Um, at least that's what I've seen. I'm no um, yeah, hockey expert. Yeah, that's not a great strategy, usually, to be fair. <laughs> right, right. But they they really played their hearts out. They fought. I was really you know really happy to to see that they were really keeping up with Litvinov because Litvinov is up a lot higher on the table this season than. Uh, Pirati Komutov is. So I go, uh, I was with a, a colleague's uh, husband at the game. We were walking around the, the stadium in between the, um, the the periods because there's like an 18-minute break. So we got up and moved around a little bit. I went to the fan shop today and I got a Pirati scarf, right? And I remember telling, um, telling uh, my friend that I was there with, I remember telling him, I hope this is a good luck scarf. We sat down two minutes into the third period. <laughs> this was right after I bought the scarf. They scored a goal. Oh, nice. So I was like, hell yes. This is great. I was waving my scarf around. <laughs> you know, it was, it was awesome. Yes. It was great. And oh, then, of my course, gosh. Of course, two or three minutes later in the third period, they ended up scoring this crazy goal where the this other guy was – Yeah, yeah. Litvinov scored a crazy goal. They were almost parallel with the goal. And somehow he top shelved it past the goalie. Ooh. When I said parallel, he was like sideways perpendicular. Like to the goal. It was crazy. Thank you, perpendicular. Um, and so that was just crazy. And then they played overtime. And this was something new that I haven't seen before. In the Czech Republic, when they have overtime, it's three v three, as in like three skaters and one goalie. So I guess four v four, but only three skaters out. I think in the United States, it's either four v four or maybe even five v five. 
And How then, many are in normal just regulation? Five. Okay. Five plus a goalie. Right. Oh, so six. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, you guys don't count the goalies? Like you, you, that's how it's counted? Yeah, you do. I mean, I mean, you do, I guess. Okay, because in you soccer, have, they just say goalie, 11, which includes the... Right, right. You have one goalie, usually two defensemen, uh, uh, a left winger, a center, and a right winger. Okay. Um, but unfortunately, it was 3v3, and it was the first five minutes of overtime, and uh, Levinov ended up scoring a goal. And in hockey, it's not it's not the same as soccer, where you have a certain amount of time. It's just right. first Golden goal goals. Exactly. Ooh. So, I've so kind of I was bummed. That way, though. Right. I do too. I was kind of bummed though. I was really hoping my scarf would be a lucky scarf. But um, they fought hard. I'm proud of my my pirates. I'm still a loyal. Yeah. Pirati at the very fan. least, they gained a new fan. I mean, I've been a fan, you know, since, since the first game. Even though they've <laughs> lost, actually, they've lost every game that I have gone to see. Unfortunately, I think, maybe I'm yeah, just bad I luck. Think, I think you need to get the hint. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's actually the complete opposite. There's no amount of clothing or paraphernalia you can wear or wave around that will not make you a bad luck charm. <laughs> right, that's true. That's true. But it was still, it was a, it was a fun game to watch. Um, but uh, unfortunately, they just couldn't capitalize at the end. But they fought hard, and I gotta give them credit. Um, yeah. So a, sh- a shout out to my, uh, to my pirates. Mm-hmm. But a shout out nonetheless. I think they earned it. For sure. They were, in my opinion, they were they they won with the amount of heart. We can put it that way. Yes. By the way, this is gonna uh, be a little inside baseball, but I forgot to open the Trello, and my mm-hmm. whole world is rocked all of a sudden because <laughs> I just realized, <laughs> and I was like, well, where am I supposed to be right now? You know what it is? Because nice. I'm on the road again. On the road again. And I have <laughs> yes. I have one uh, computer, and so I don't have the dual screen action that I usually have, where um. First world problems. You're only working with one screen this episode. Yeah, my yeah, it's it's just too much going on for my eyesight. But anyway, right. um, do you have any uh, shout outs you want to give? Speaking of uh, Kumatov fighting valiantly. Yeah, I actually I actually do. My my first shout out feels a little weird saying this, but my first shout out goes to, um, well, just Michigan college football in general because. Uh, the Wolverines um, trounced Penn State yesterday. Well, you took mine. Like Forty-two. Oh, sorry. I was 42 there. Forty-two to three. Oh, you went to the game. I was there. Oh, nice. That would have been a fun ticket. game to go to. Oh, I have more to oh, talk nice. about that uh, in a little bit, but uh, yeah, I, I, I did go to it. It was, and uh, yeah, it was a what what one would call a trouncing. We have a friend. A little part of me hopes he he listens. Jeez, I spilled. So this bag for the for the um for the um. Animal crackers. It's not the most mm-hmm. robust of bags, and I just right. realized I got crumbs all over my backpack. <laughs> uh oh. I still do have the ticket. I'll take a picture of it. But um, we have a friend, a mutual friend. He was more of what some would call. Sorry, now I'm just obsessed with all the crumbs that are scattered in my bag. More of what some would call a brother, fraternal brother, and uh, his name is. Well, I'll just give his name because he's never gonna listen to this. His name's Ryan. And uh, mm. I don't know if you happen to oh, ever yeah, see. Oh yeah, he's a huge, he's a huge. Do you, have, do you happen to like, see him on his Twitter? I know you're not a big Twitter person. I don't know, but I'm sure he he's, is what, he's talking all. He the... is what one would call the complete opposite of a sore loser. Like what? What's what's like a sore winner? 
an arrogant winner? Yeah, 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 I guess so. He was getting in arguments with one of our other college friends <laughs> when um, Michigan won, uh, beat, was it State they beat last week or whatever? Yeah, or two two weeks ago, I think. Yeah, he was getting into a full-on argument, and I just was reading through it, and I wanted to just comment and be like, neither of you guys need to be doing this right now. This right. is This is not necessary. Um. But yeah, so my, my other half of that shout-out, though, is a yes. Spartan. I have to finish my shout-outs. Oh my, my other shout-out goes to Michigan State University for beating the Maryland Terps 24-3. to Their defense was on lockdown. They only scored a field goal the whole game. Nice. The Terps did. Terps. So yeah, so it was a, it was a, good, uh, a good weekend for uh, football in the state of Michigan. It that's was. For sure. It was, and you took mine. I was, I was so happy that I finally had a... Uh, had a shout out and that was it. But yeah, I was there and it was it was a uh, it was uh, a good feeling for sure. And can I'm not you, even. Can you describe the atmosphere to our listeners out there? I'm not even a fan, yet you can't help but just get soaked up into the uh, environment. I can't kind of give you a little bit. Well, first of all, for those of you who don't know, the um, big house, which is where uh, U of M plays football, is the uh, biggest stadium in the United States, and apparently it's the second largest stadium. Um worldwide but then also the 34th largest sports venue so maybe stadium is a specific style of sports venue could be so there might be like an arena or something that's bigger that they might say so it's a huge essentially it's it's huge it holds over a hundred thousand people and um i was also in the uh in the student section which is a a new a first time for me um and uh what in the student section people stand up during the entire time other than like halftime and so we were standing on the benches the entire time. And I will say this. we were I was surrounded by grad school people because that my sister's in grad school. So it was a little more chill than if you were, like, up front uh, with some of the younger uh, youngins. Um, but, it, but it was uh, – you could, like uh, – it was electric. You, you, you could definitely feel 100,000 people. And it's an odd feeling to – it almost – and it, it, I think it also almost kind of warps your reality of what a hundred thousand people is because at the at one time it's huge, but then at the same time when you're in there it feels so like you feel such part of like this, like like a uh, vibe and crowd that it that it almost kind of shrinks around you like it does like you like if you were say to not know that it's a hundred thousand I can imagine people walking out of there being like what there was a hundred thousand people in there, it's more if you see it from the outside that it makes sense I think. Um. Also, I've been there a lot, so maybe I'm I, I, my I, my like it's probably one of the one of my most visited uh, arenas. So maybe my perception's a little warped as well, to be fair. Um, but you know, they what it's it's kind of cheesy, but I I love the flyovers. There was the flyover. Um, oh, the flyovers are awesome. <laughs> I was going to say that too. I, I like I I hate to say that. Like I almost kind of feel guilty saying I like the flyovers, but. Um, I like the flyovers. There, I said it. I'm an American, goddammit. And I like to see some big shooty airplanes make some loud noises. Um, and um, there was also the Goodyear blimp there the whole time filming the game, I assume. And we had enjoyable conversations talking about um, the pure, like, um, kind of uselessness of a blimp and how it's really only good for, I guess, filming a football game. Anything else it seems kind of useless for. And advertising, probably. Yeah, for Goodyear, I guess, because that's the only blimp most people know is Goodyear, or the one that mm-hmm. got blown down in World War Two. Right. Well, the World the, War Two. Uh, Sorry, I'm eating more cracker. I'm, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure, but I, uh, it was the the high, 
Hindenburg. Hindenburg blimp? Hindenburg. Thank you. Hindenburg, yeah. Hindenburg. Hindenburg, thank you. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not up on my uh, blimp history uh, today, unfortunately. That was my... Tune into episode my... 41, blimps. <laughs> <laughs> right. Sniffing gator piss. Uh, quirky. Real quirky. That's true. That is true. Yeah, I mean, there's just something There's something special about, about football season in, in the fall. Um, but we'll get more into oh, that yeah. when we talk about tailgating. Okay, um, yeah, because I do have I more I want to say on that, but I'm getting outs. ahead of myself yeah. here. Right, me too. So my first shout-out goes to uh, a doctor named Dr. Ramana Rao, who is a consulting physician and cardiologist um, in India, who for the last 43 years, he has been um, helping poor people in India who cannot afford health care and treating them for free at a clinic called the T, I think it's Bagor Village in Bangalore. Um, so wow. I think it's How- amazing he's been running this um clinic every he goes every sunday and there's pictures and you just see like people lined up all around him so Um, is he just like a successful kind of to the point where he could retire early enough to just do that well well no i think he has his own practice um but he's in america sundays no no this is in india oh oh, he's in india sorry i see what you're saying at first i thought you meant he was a um i thought you meant for some reason i thought i heard that he moved there no, so no, he no, so no, he still he still supports himself with a um his like okay 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 because you know I, mm-hmm. I, I and I almost feel guilty but whenever I hear stuff like that I almost kind of have to like I have this knee jerk reaction to figure out how they how they either support themselves it's like I I I never want to like I can never just listen to someone and say that like oh I dropped everything to um to just like take care of these poor people I was like that's that's very honorable and I respect that. But um, I need to understand how you're now not one of those poor people. <laughs> like, how can you right. like do it and still sustain your own life? Right. It's it's not always feasible. But yeah. But I think it's. Great but that's cool. That no, he, it is great. And once again, he I, I don't. His Sundays. Yeah. I don't no, mean no, to downplay. I, I, right. No. The, I, uh, and I and I didn't think you were at, at all whatsoever. But yeah. So I think it's really amazing. So shout out to you, Dr. Rao, for yeah. being an amazing human being, helping out all these people. Uh, my next shout out goes out to a um, a Swiss billionaire. Feels a little weird saying that, but <laughs> goes out to a Swiss billionaire named Chad's now Hans. a uh, American millionaire. Also, <laughs> <laughs> I wish that be nice. But uh, goes out to a Swiss billionaire and a co- conservationist named Hans Jörg. I think it's Weiss. It's but it's W Y S S Weiss Weiss Weiss. I'm not sure. Um, but he will be donating one billion dollars over the next ten years through his Damn. foundation to protect 30% of the planet by 2030. So shout out to you, Mr. Vice, for yeah. um, you know putting your money where your mouth is and helping out all of these innocent animals and wildlife that sadly a lot of humans have been you know, causing them to go extinct and destroying all these habitats. And that's uh, he part said of, that... Yeah, go ahead. That's part of our like American reactionary mentality too, is there's all this science to back up that even like the most simple steps should be taken to prepare ourselves for the future. And just no one gives a shit because their gas is cheap for their SUV. Right, exactly. So to achieve his goal, Mr. Weiss has partnered with the National Geographic Society, the Nature Conservancy, and also the Argentine Conservation Group, um, Fundación Flora y y Fauna, um, to launch um, the Weiss Campaign for Nature. So shout out to you, Mr. Weiss. 
for saving all these um, different habitats and animals. I think that is amazing. For sure. And and now my last shout out goes out to I try to always find a country to give a shout out to in every one of these episodes. I mean, that billionaire was so rich. He's essentially his own country. I mean, that's true. (laughs) That's true. It's also crazy to think about how much money a billion dollars is. Oh, I know. Especially in proportion to him, because he's so rich that giving away a billion dollars is um, not that big of an impact on him. But it was put to me one way, and I'm about to Google it. Um, I... uh, Um. Damn, I, I'm trying to remember what it was, but it was essentially how many times it takes to get from a million to a billion to a billion. Like when mm-hmm. you put it into proportion that way, and I can't think of what the, like what the math is off the top of my head, and I don't feel like googling it. And now I feel like I even regret bringing this up. But like there was some billionaire that I was listening to it in a podcast, and he's like, "Let me put this in perspective for you. In order to be um, a uh, you know, uh, damn it." I'm so sorry. I regret even bringing this up. Just Google it. It's all good. All right. Hold on. I'm just Because all it is is $1 billion divided by uh, $1 million. I just can't do that math off the top of my head because I'm not that smart. Okay. Well, th- those are huge numbers as well. So what he was saying is, so, you know, to be a, like, to be a millionaire um, is, is a big deal, you know, obviously. I, he says I, he doesn't think people fully realize that a billion is 1,000 times more than uh a million and it like it really puts into proportion what it means to one give away a billion a billion and two to be a billionaire and -hmm. three for you know organizations to even receive receive a couple million of that billion which is still just like even like 10 million which is huge for anyone is a tiny sliver of that uh one billion Right. That could yeah. do a lot of damage, one billion. And a lot of good too, to be fair. I don't know why I always right. have to go negative. <laughs> it's all good. All right. Well and my he last means shout well. out Exactly, exactly. My last shout out goes out to the country of Mexico or Mexico for helping all of these uh, Honduran migrants from the if you're in the United States, I'm sure you've heard the term migrant caravan. Um, so Apparently, um, the Mexican people have been really helping out um, these people in need. Um, I mean, these are basically refugees seeking asylum. I'm not really sure. I don't know very much about the caravan, to be honest with you. Um, so I'm not going to discuss Dodge, that. But we'll Chev- Dodge caravan? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. A d- a dumb joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. <laughs> Mama. Uh, not, not, not quite. But uh, apparently, Mexicans have been... Um, feeding them, clothing them, um, giving them medicine. Um, so I, I really have to give a shout out to all of the people in Mexico helping out these people in need. You yes. know, I think there are a lot of Americans out there who just assume that these people are going to try to like come illegally or they're, they're people who don't have skills or something like this. I don't really know. There's just but, a lot of know, fear of, 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 there the, is. of the unknown and foreigners. It's, and it's uh, probably, well, not probably, it's from ignorance. Right. Yeah, I would agree. So shout out to you, Mexico, for um, spreading your love, your food, um, and your kindness with these Hondurans who are in need. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh, sorry. (laughs) You're good. All right. Well, Jared, you know, we are talking about tailgating, and Mm -hmm. uh, we'll be getting to that more in a little bit. But an important aspect to tailgating, I would say, is 
having some tasty brews to enjoy while you're uh, enjoying that fall or autumn weather. Would, I would you agree? I would agree with that. But, I, but, I'll, but I'll say the one thing that is not unique about tailgating, but the one thing that about tailgating is it's also known for more shitty beers. However, because I am here to bring you the tailgating side of um, things this week, we decided to uh, do a little switcheroo and have Chad give the beer review of something other than a uh, Bud Light or a uh, Coors. Or <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Although I do, I, I was going to say Labatt, but I actually generally enjoy a Labatt. To be, uh, and a that's, cold Labatt's not too bad. Yeah. That that yeah, that can that can sometimes bad. like if it's at a bar and there's nothing uh, that interests me, I'll easily take that and be be happy. Especially on tap, I feel like yes. the bat's not too bad on yes, tap. Yes, for sure. But yeah, well, yeah. So as Jared mentioned, he is not reviewing any beers today, but I am reviewing one by a craft brewery called uh, Primator. I'll, I'll show Jared. Oh, yes, I'll take please. a picture in a moment. But uh, as, as Jared knows, I am a huge fan of uh, wheat beers, or Weizen is the German name for it. I believe the Czech name is, going to try to say it, a little bonus untranslatable for our listeners out there. I believe it's um, <laughs> Pšenichne. Parada. Thank you, sir. Um, but yes, yeah, so this is from a, a Czech craft brewery. Um, it's a half liter glass, what's kind of, or, or glass bottle. What's kind of cool about it, though, is that it has cool little details. By the way, don't like forget about the microphone. The I'm, you're staring at this. At this, <laughs> you're so amazed with this bottle that uh, you're you're very. Fr- I can barely hear you. Oh, sorry. Okay, but I, so, I, but I'm seeing what you're saying now. They're like indentations. Uh, yeah. What are those? So yeah, so the indentations are. There's like a castle or a church. I think that's a castle right there. It's hard to see. I'll try yeah, the, and take pictures. Oh, yeah. We'll kind of looks like a school um, bus, doesn't it? N- no, no. Oh, no, is it just the castle. lighting that's that's bad for it's me? Pro- it's probably the lighting. Yeah, my, my kitchen lights um, aren't the strongest. Then there are what I would assume would be hops. Right. That look, you know, hops. And then it's etched into the bottom of the bottle, Primator, um, on both sides, which is kind of cool. So let me, a little untranslatable uh, tradition, let me take a quick selfie. Um, I'm actually, (laughs) as we have mentioned before, I'm actually more of a glass guy. So I actually poured this out in the glass. But um, Oh, and by the way, some of the beers that I did for our previous reviews, I did... um, Sorry, I can't help but laugh at that. I did, (laughs) um, I did put them in, uh, in like especially the double IPA and the the Dunkel. I put those Mm -hmm. in the glasses, and um, I think it was a little bit better. I'll I'll be honest with you. Makes a difference. I think it helps, especially since those beers are more craft beers. So there's the kind of the sediment. So I think it kind of helped mix them up a little bit. And um, I I don't I don't think I I, um, I'd say taste wise it was actually similar, but I think. It was more like fragrant. Obviously, I guess there was more space mm-hmm. for it to come out. But it was, yeah, I, right. yeah. But it was very nice, and it was nice to see the color of them too. Exactly. I and, did take pictures of those, to... which you guys have now, or you have seen them already. But right. I did take pictures uh, of the uh, of the bottle. So I mean, of the actual Perfect. of it in, in in a in a glass. Well, I have to say the the color of this Weizen is really good. It's kind yes. of got that. If if any of our listeners out there are are fans of a Weizen beer. A lot of them can be, well, the German term is like uh, uh, trüb, which is like it's, I don't know, kind of like... Um, cloudy? Know. Yeah, thank you. Perfect. Thank you. Yes. It's like a cloudy beer, so it's not it's not like a Pilsner where it has that kind of more goldenish or amber right. tint to and it. And so this is not what the Czech people are known for. The Czech people are known for the Pilsner. 
Exactly, which is one of the reasons why I bought this was I was really curious to see their take on a wheat. Yeah, but the other thing that caught my caught my attention too on the bottle was just that it says check check craft brewery. Um, I'm assuming the brewer is a guy named Peter. I think that's Colina. Um, Premature Craft Brewery. Um, I'm trying to read it. Um, it's been around since 1872. Nice. So it's been around a while. Old school. It's got a nice crisp flavor. I will say this is probably not the most um, or probably the best autumn or fall beer. I'd say this is probably better on a hot summer day. Mm-hmm. Well, the, that's it. That's what I like about the wheat beers is that they're both they've got that that trop, that cloudy kind of which mm-hmm. gives it a more thick like a thicker kind of feel to it. But especially wheat beers. I mean, not mine, because what I was drinking uh, was a double IPA. But but like they they do tend to be lighter on the alcohol. So even though they they are kind of a little th- more f- more fulfilling, they are still not as alcoholy, which also can give it more of a uh, lighter taste. Right. So so speaking of beers, um, I was scrolling through my Insta feed the other day. Mm-hmm. I saw that you were at the Heidelberg. I was. Yeah. 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 They can were you, out of. You... They're out of boots. Oh, bummer. so that's why I had just a normal. I mean, it's the same size. It was a moss, but it's not the same. Can you can you tell our viewers out there what a moss is? A moss is what the Germans call a liter of beer. So a boot, which is the uh, sort of stereotypical way to drink a German uh, German liter of beer out of, it is it, uh, the most boots. I mean, there are two liter boots as well, but most your standard boot would be a liter, and um, a boot is also technically a moss because a moss is a liter of beer. Yep. And that's what they drink at Oktoberfest. Yeah. Do you know Do you know the trick, Jared, to drink a boot so so the bubble doesn't develop in the heel and it doesn't splash you in the face? You know, you've mentioned that to me before because we've had a boot together, and um, I wasn't. I, I I believe it's to drink it sideways. Yeah, hit that ham horn, my oh, dude. Good. Exactly. Because I wasn't totally. I didn't totally remember, and I was like, maybe this is just uh, for the best, so I don't embarrass myself. <laughs> right. In front of all my sister's friends. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. And good. Hey, I you want to drink it sideways. <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. Because if you drink it with the with the toe facing forward, air gets um, like. Is it because air gets trapped air in, in the, in yeah. the t- edge of the boot? Exactly. Okay. As you as you tip the boot to drink it, eventually, yeah, it will cause an air bubble. And when you tilt the boot back downwards, the air bubble pops. On the table. Yeah. 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 So, so I, I I I thought I remembered, and I'm glad I did get it right, just in case. But I was like, maybe this is for the best, so I can, I can just avoid one one more spot where I can embarrass myself. That, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. I was just trying to look out for you in case you do uh, drink another boot. In the I, might, I might. I might. I don't know. I'm actually going to see two of our um, two of our very good friends later today. Uh, well, more me, but you're very good friends, too. Now, I'm not going to take that away from you. <laughs> uh, uh, Guardo and Chris after this. Oh, nice. Yeah. So Tom, I said hello. So we haven't uh, officially, I don't think we've officially agreed on a place, but we're going to get dinner and I assume a beer from from somewhere. So maybe we'll go to uh, get a schnitzel because you Ooh, eat schnitzels there good. too, can't you? Where, at the Heidelberg? Yeah. I mean, I let, let me tell you this much. Uh-oh. Um, the, Chad, the, the German great. snob. The, the food's <laughs> not great at the Heidelberg. I would I would go to Metzger's if you want legit German food. But that's um, like outside of, that's like in, uh, yeah, that's, that's closer like to Dexter. There. Yeah, which we can do, Dexter. which is yeah, but maybe but, we I will mean, the, do that. The foods are the foods are right, but it's how's just, Metzger's on price? It's I mean low well, price the thing here. Both bo- both of them are a little expensive. Yeah, all right. Actually. Well, we're not going to go to either terms of, of I think we're yeah. I think it might go to Bri- Grizzly Peak. 
That's I what was been, just gonna. That was going to be my recommendation. That's what I've been. That's Christmas what I was thinking I, when I went on my little wander this morning. I uh, I was because I was thinking Arbor Brewery, but I don't really. I'm not a huge fan of their beers. To be honest with you. And I was thinking, is it Acadia's? There's also. Yeah, I think there's an Arcadia brewery somewhere. Oh, by the way, this is getting way ahead of ourselves because um, there are. Uh, oh, we're just going. Yeah, I was gonna say we might want to just. I, I once again, it's hard to look at the my notes. You're good. My you're think not, in my you're head. Not used to it. It's all with good. one. Sc- there's so much going on with one screen now. But anyway, um, one thing I love about Ann Arbor is the uh, is the, just the abundance of breweries. They're everywhere. And just good food and too. good food. You can you cannot like I, I think this is a I think I'm gonna say underrated is how good the food is, and it's at a stone's throw. There's a lot of like for example, a place I wanted to go to but I didn't have enough time and I I wanted to go to this morning was Fleetwood Diner because that's oh, always one of my favorites. Just get a, a, yeah, some yeah. coffee and a big plate of hippie hash and I would have been happy. Mm-hmm. You got you got to tell our listeners out there what hippie hash is. It's so delicious. And I'd, I've only had it a couple times, but I've tried. So what it is is hash browns, which is just cut up potatoes. And then on top of it, they have eggs. There's some sort of meat. I believe you can choose whatever meat you want. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you, there's, you, there's vegetables. I don't remember exactly what vegetables broccoli. are. I know there's broccoli. broccoli. Uh, there's more than broccoli in there, though. I just I haven't onions? been there. Probably. I mean, Diced onions is a popular onions? one. I mean, I can Google it now, but th- I, it's just off the top of my head. I, I, I don't Because I didn't go, and I haven't it's been there in a so few years. Good. Yeah, the Fleetwood is amazing. Actually... I was really surprised, but there's also a Fleetwood in East, uh, not sorry, not in East Lansing, but in Lansing as well. I didn't know that. I thought it was a only an Ann Arbor thing. I thought it was too. Um, yeah, but it's it's also in Lansing. So to all of our listeners out there in Lansing, um, hop over to the Fleetwood as well. It's delicious. So so, so you, you mentioned you were on a walk. Yes. On a little stroll. Where where where'd you go? What were you? Looking at so I walked like I walked around. My sister lives um, very close to uh, not very close, but she lives close to Ross, which she's in grad school, and she lives close to the Ross Building, which I, I don't know directions around Ann Arbor, so forgive me, I can't say the north end because I have no idea. But um, I, I just know how to kind of sense my way around as I'm walking around. But like, um, so I walked around the campus and I walked by. When I was in high school, I was in a program called LEAD. And what LEAD is, is where they take, I believe, minorities. I'm, I believe it was minorities. Now I think about it, there was mostly minorities there. Uh, there was one white dude, but it turns out he was uh, half Mexican. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, and, um, and like it's like a business program for like high school kids between junior and, uh, and or junior, senior, maybe, I believe it is. And we do like, uh, like kind of business-related stuff. And... Um, we stayed in the dorms, which was in Markley, so I walked by the dorms, and um, and then I, um, where else did I go? And then I just walked around the city, really. I, I walked by, um, I walked by, uh, there was this one building, see, I don't even know, I like, like, there was this, where's that, you know that quad where people, like, play sports in, and you could, it almost looks like Hogwarts? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. There's also yeah, that, like, the, that's what's the, that? the law library, isn't it? I don't know. What's that building with the? Uh, I love how I'm giving a speech about being in Ann Arbor and I know nothing. What's the? What's that? You know that gold ball that there is there? I took a picture of it. But gold uh, ball. Yeah, I can actually just send it to you right now. I guess we're okay, uh, s- send it to me. We've I'm got not technology. Sure. That's true. The beauty of technology. Because I, I'm not sure what it is, and it's it's in a very actually surprisingly conspicuous. Is that the word? That's obvious. I think so. Conspicuous place, and I'm surprised that I haven't noticed it. But I, I just sent it to you. You'll you'll notice on, where it is on, by on Facebook or on. on uh, I texted message. it to you. Okay. 
Let me take a look. But anyway, so I, I walked around, and it's it's you know, and I think for the first time in a long time, I, I um because of this podcast, because of the fine people like you, I actually took a minute to um to like I, I like I took more time to take in what's going on around me, and I also feel like I was in just a more general nostalgic place because um it was um meeting a meeting a lot of uh, my sister's friends. There was also this weird feeling of almost feeling like a tourist in my own like home. Ann Arbor is not my home. I grew up in Metro Detroit. And by the way, rule for everyone listening to this right now, Ann Arbor is not Metro Detroit. Those are two different not things. Not at all. Not at all. Not even close. Ann Arbor is probably the first big city once you go west. Like that's that's like the first big city outside of Metro Detroit, but it is not Metro Detroit. Ann Arbor and Metro Detroit are two different things. But anyway, even though I didn't really grow up in Ann Arbor, I did spend a lot of time there, especially actually more recently before I left. And so, like, uh, there was, like, a, a bit of nostalgia, but nothing, like, I wasn't crying as I was walking around. It was actually kind of nice to see, like, how stuff has changed and be like, oh, man, it's nice to be home. But it was weird talking to my sister's friends and them being like, yeah, over there, there's um, there's there's this and there's that, and you can do this here. And I actually kind of had to fight back the urge to be like, yeah, no, I, 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 I know, I know. And they got to a point where I, learned, where I just was like, oh, okay. And in my head, I was like, I should probably, you know, not to sound like um, I'm some sort of uh, fancy person or something, but um, I almost felt like, uh, I, you know, I know this area probably better than you. You're actually from, like, you're from Maryland. <laughs> you just moved here a couple months ago. Right. Uh, but I, I got to, but, you know, I, there's no point. In, there's, no, there's not much to brag about. So I was, I was just like, yeah, no, okay. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah, I'll have to check that out. Uh, also, you know, that that's how Jared does small talk, just by uh, being agreeable and letting people talk. I don't know why I just talked to third person. Though. That was weird. I don't like that. <laughs> anyway, so also yesterday, which was Saturday, today's Sunday, uh, we went to the football game to watch, um, once, as Chad said earlier, Michigan State triggity triggity trounce. You mean Michigan. Me. I know. I didn't realize State, that but. as I was saying. Tri- as the second triggity was coming, out, I was like, damn it. Michigan, University of Michigan trounce um penn state and so beforehand we did go to a little tailgating and we went to um my sister is she's in the business school as i said so we went to the um business school official which all i just hate hearing that by the way because it all sounds so like snooty whenever they say like oh this is the ross tailgate it's like oh can i go to a little uh but i mean they seem like very cool people i'm not shitting on these people they all seem like very nice people but i know um, what you mean though uh, it's, it's yeah, it's it's just all I'm just all it's it's all perception, um, and actually my sister she went to Penn and she used to always make fun of like the Wharton people, cause they like cause that's also the business school at that's the business school at at UPenn, and they would like walk around with like briefcases and stuff. Anyway, um, oh god, <laughs> but it was fun. Super so smooth. what it was, what it was at, it was at the bus is what they call it, and it's this bus that have you heard of the bus by any chance? I have not, no. Uh, so it's this bus that apparently never moves, but um, people just all go gr- like gravitate around it, and there's a little area that's a block that's chained off, so it's an area that you can drink, and although it's just outside. And it was actually surprised, uh, from what I heard uh, from everyone, is that it was more packed than it, uh, about ever about ever is. And so it was packed where you could almost barely move around. And there were people, the, on top of the bus, there was a platform, and there was a DJ, and there were like some people dancing up there. And you could buy a cup, um, and they had kegs. Or you could just bring your own beer. We brought our own beer. A uh, cup was fifteen dollars. A cup was fifteen dollars, but usually it's ten. Apparently, this because it was Penn State was like a um, 
quote unquote premium game, so they charge a little bit more. Uh, apparently, they knew what they were doing because once again, the uh, area was filled to the brim, <laughs> so it worked. Um, do you think? Do you think? Uh, well, do you know how many kegs there were? Not. I mean, I don't know how many they had like in the background that I couldn't even see. But out at any specific time, there were probably about. Let me think. Three, four. That's probably how many they had uh, in, in total. And actually, from what I heard, um, someone that my sister, one of my sisters, like friend of a friend, called dibs of the keg after. I think they work with, with like to organize it. And they were going to have a people over to their house to have like an after party later that night. And, and um, the beer would be free at that point. And nice. um, and we didn't go. But um, it was so funny why we didn't go too. we didn't go because uh, we, they, we were going to this bar beforehand and they offered a. Um, they, and we, we were going in there. I'm trying to think of what, what the bar was. Garage? Was it the garage? Have you heard yeah, of the garage? Yeah, the garage is really cool. It I've is. been there before. However, they were offering a – or not offering, offering. They were uh, – there was a cover, mm-hmm. and uh, and me and my sister and her husband were like, yeah, we're not we – we're not playing a cover to sit at a bar. Um, yeah. Like, this is not That's some fair. sort of – like, it's a, we like this place, but it's not some sort of ex- exclusive place. But I, it's pro- – once again, it was – there were a lot of people in town that night because it was mm-hmm. a um, the big game. So we didn't go there. We had just drank at her place, and I ended up going to bed at like ten o'clock. I, I realized though also, tailgating is an exhausting thing. I mean, this is usually it's even more exhausting for mine to hear if it's a morning game, because oh, one morning games are the worst. One, you wake up and essentially are drinking right away. Seven a.m. usually. And two, um, there t- tends to be more time for uh, like a, there, especially at the bus because there is a noise ordinance. Ordinance, I, I believe. So if they did do an after party, it'd have to be cut off kind of prematurely. But if it's a um, morning game, then they usually do an after party at the bus after and bring the kegs back, oh and God. and um, <laughs> and you know, so, and, and that'll start about uh, thirty minutes before the game ends. But everyone parties after the game. I think that's normal. Um, so tell me about your uh, tailgating experience because I actually, to be honest with you, don't have. I, I've been to a lot of games, but I don't have a lot of tailgating experience. Okay. Um, so so. I mean, I, I tailgated at MSU for four years, so I definitely... I a little wow. bit at Albion, not much, but a little yeah, bit but at Albion. Yeah, but can you even count that? I, I would say so. Out of the I back of someone's that. Ford Fiesta, drinking I mean, in, a, a, a in, box in, of wine. In theory, that's tailgating, you know? Um, bare bones tailgating, but tailgating nonetheless, yeah. So, I don't know, at... Um, I mean, I feel weird talking about MSU because we're doing an Ann Arbor on the road I mean, you're again. not hurting my feelings. We're talking That's about fair. tailgating too. It's not just about U of M. Also true. Also true. Um, but yeah. So, anyways, so for me for tailgating, I I absolutely despised morning games because I would get up at you know six or seven because yeah. I wasn't trying That's to drink rough. or drive nor park my car anywhere on campus. I would walk there. So um, a lot of times I would have some friends come over. Shout out to my buddy Shane. We've tailgated a lot of games. And uh, whenever he would come over and we'd tailgate, we would wake up and we'd usually shotgun a beer to start our day. And I'm sorry, but I think if you start your day by shotgunning a beer, you're either going to have a great day or a really horrible day. I'm glad day. you said well, well and I have an example of both. <laughs> okay. When we were driving to our tailgate, we were in an Uber. Uh, no, I, th- I think we walked. But we were in an Uber. I don't, oh, we were going to breakfast before that. But people, this was at like 10 o'clock. We were going to like breakfast, lunch, brunchy kind of thing, which I'm going to talk about that place because that place was dope. But anyway, people were already partying, even though this was a later game. And um, we saw, uh, which I'll actually send you this picture as well. We saw someone in their front yard shotgun a beer, 
And in that time, we watched him shotgun it and go like, yeah. And then we saw him kind of like hold his stomach for a bit and like go like, whoo, whoo. And he kind of like started <laughs> squinting. Uh-oh. And then, we, and then we just saw him almost like a deer that had broken its paw and realized that it could not go on any farther. We saw him just walk around to the side, like slash back of the house. <laughs> and, and we were in this lift and I was l- looking behind me and just like out of the very corner of, of like, I could still see him. And I was like looking at the light, like, don't turn red. And like the world, I'm like, he's going to throw up. He's going to throw up. And like, as the light turned green, I just saw him go, Bleh, all beer just throw up on me. <laughs> oh, uh, and, uh, and it was like, oh man, we all knew it was coming. I'm just, it, it was odd, even though I'm not interested in seeing people throw up. One, it was just beer. So it was just water coming out of his mouth anyway. Right. But two, it was oddly satisfying to watch that entire thing play out. And uh, then there's other I went people to zero to sixty there. real fast. But that's how, that can happen. We don't tell me you haven't seen that happen before. You haven't seen oh, someone I've do seen... the immediate chug to throw up. Oh yeah, we've all N- seen that before. Times. If you've, if you've been a, uh, a, a reckless drinker in your in your day, or right. been around a reckless drinker, or, or just at a at a morning tailgate long enough, it's bound to happen. But yes. I also do want to clarify for our listeners. By the way, there, look at the picture I sent you because you'll know, you, you'll even be able to point out. Who the uh, and this will be on Instagram as well, but should be able to point out who the guy is. <laughs> what do you see it? Take a guess which one is having a, a hard hold day. Up, hold up, I'm I'm trying to. <clears throat> well, it's the one that's shotgunning the beer, right? Um, I would is say. Look at the guy the to the left. Look at the guy to the left. Oh, it's the guy in the left with the with the green with the with the vest on with his arms yeah. uh, on his waist. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> what you can't see is his face, and I'm because I see it once we drive past him because we're driving. Right. You know, right. his face is doing like that. Yeah, it was it was just too much. Too <laughs> trying fast. to like breathe. Okay, okay, I think I'm gonna make it. I think I'm gonna make it. Then about five seconds later, he's like, "Nope, walk around, walk, do this, have some, have at least a little bit of self respect." And puke and 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 in privacy. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, he had I, just I taken to, a uh, just taken one, and it, and, I, it, and that girl, by the way, what you don't see is that girl took one with him, and she's on her second one. <laughs> nice champ. And she's fine. She's a champion. I do want to clarify for our listeners what shotgunning a beer is, because I think a lot of our listeners who aren't from the United States. They don't know what it is, and unfortunately, it is a part of tailgating culture. I, I argue it's a college-slash-tailgating staple. I'm not a good shotgunner or chugger of really any sort, but right. But please, explain it. Absolutely. So, so in the United States, first of all, I don't think I think it'd be very difficult to shotgun a beer here in the Czech Republic because all the cans usually are half a liter. And <laughs> I've I'm seen sorry, it happen before, just, by the way. I mean, I have too, but I, I don't <laughs> think I have the, the skill set to do it. But basically what shotgun uh-huh. beer is, you take a can, usually you use a key, and, you, and you, you tilt the can on its side, you poke a hole through with your key. Ideally, the bigger the hole, the better. Um, but your mouth so has you, to be able to fit on it. Yes, exactly. And, and, and you, can, you can poke this hole because you'll hold it sideways where like the, the beer will be tilted, so there will be exactly. a little bubble at the bottom rather than... Exactly. Um, so, so none will spill out. Right. And you, but you want to also make sure you poke the hole in the right spot so you can kind of tilt it back up and crack it open. Yeah, because once you crack right it open, it'll just going. it'll just shoot out. Right. Uh, and that's why we call it a shotgun. Is because it, I mean it just comes out real quick. Right. And another thing that we've all seen, by the way, is the shotgun gone wrong, where it spills out the top. Mm-hmm. We've all seen that as well. However, I'll say this: I can't even believe I didn't start like this. I'm such a bad storyteller. I was awoken. Saturday morning to one the sound literally I was awoken to the band practicing the fight song 
<laughs> and I was like, this sounds like this is almost like an, I'm in some sort of U of M Disney movie right now. Mm-hmm. And then it went a little bit more uh, not away from Disney movie when I was then awoken a little bit later to the sound of people literally yelling, chug, 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 chug. And I oh, and I go out to my sister's living room. I look across the, the street and I, I can't believe I didn't t- think to take a picture of this. There is a um, a another thing I think I'm going to have to have you explain to our some of our foreign listeners. There is a beer bong. And they were on, oh, I would uh, believe, the third floor of their apartment. Okay. And they had people going by, and they would, I believe, you could you Venmo people money, and they'll give you a shot of, or you know, a shot or two or beer, and uh, and they and they you know they'll cheer you on to shoot it to take it uh, you know. Okay. And they had they have a sign that says, um, uh, "Mom's Mom's Bong for free." And then under that it says, <laughs> yes. under that it says, "Daddy's too." <laughs> yes. Oh my god, that's great. I cannot believe, and I'm mad to take a picture of the sign because I looked at it this morning, and the uh, the mom's shotgun for free is not there, but the daddy's oh, two part is still there. Nice, <laughs> so maybe I can take nice. a picture of that. There you but go. Uh, so so I was awoke, I was literally awakened to the sound of people chanting "chug chug chug," and I look out yep. and you see people like uh, at the bottom walking by and uh and take taking a hit of the shotgun but please for the people excuse me not shotgun beer bong so we explained the shotgun which is another a another way to get yourself as drunk by the way i think an important aspect of um of all of this is that the goal is to get as drunk as possible as quick as possible essentially which i did not do by the way we had like I would six agree beers. disagree with you on that. We had like six beers between and like a bottle of champagne, which I had none of. I mean, champagne, cheap ass sparkling wine between like the three of us. So it's not like I got drunk or anything. But um, I would say it is because I feel like people are trying to do this to sustain being inside of a, a college stadium where they do not sell alcohol. C- correct. But. I and it's about games, which but games are both for fun and for getting drunk quickly, usually. Right. Well, well, first before before we jump the gun, let me explain beer bonging, and then we can right. talk about these I'm other sorry. things. I'm sorry. You're good. You're good. Chomping at the so, bit. Right. Uh, th- I mean, there's a lot to talk about. I feel like tailgating is very unique to American culture. Yeah. I mean, know? I haven't got to food. We haven't gotten to right. Some of the there's setups. a lot we still got to talk about. Exactly. Okay. So, anyway, so so yeah, so a beer bong is basically where you have a. Um, uh, um, a funnel. Yes. A funnel with uh, with a tube. Yes. And usually there's like a little latch or a switch. So Just like can, a simple you know, hose style on and off switch. Exactly. Exactly. And and I mean, in theory, the I'm pretty sure higher the beer bong is, you know, the, the more alcohol you can get down your gullet as quick as possible because, you know, it, it goes through, you know, goes down through gravity. Uh, actually, oh. I don't know. I'm no physicist, but, but I, I assume I, that's I, why I, you want the high. But ones. I would say you could definitely probably get more in there. Yeah. If if mm-hmm. the tube's longer, even if it's a normal sized funnel. Right. Exactly. And so so yeah so so that's what a beer bong is basically, and and like you said, Jared, it definitely is there to get you as hammered as fast as possible. <laughs> but I think the 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 danger with tailgating is especially if you're going to the game. You don't want to be one of those people, or maybe you do. I'm not here to judge, but you don't want to be that person that gets so no, drunk you don't. to the point the where you can't you go to the game. Right. Exactly. Well, it's so funny. It's funny that you say that. Um, we were at the tailgate, and I met one of my sister's friends. Uh, seemed like a perfectly lovely person. Also seemed like he, uh, he had had a few. And so we um, hung out with him at the party. And then we uh, and then we kind of broke away, and he was like telling the same story over and over again, and t- talking about how nice my sister was. You know, s- standard drunk 
etiquette. Right. And then so we did not see. And then so, he, you know, he went and we hung out with him for a bit there. Then we saw him later as we were walking into the game. We were, this was right at the entrance. We were walking in. Him and his girlfriend, wife, fiance or whatever, were actually walking out <laughs> away from the stadium. And it's like, oh, yeah, that kind of makes sense. And he had that look in his face, that look, that same look as that guy that I took. A, I showed you a picture of that just did that beer bong. It's like, oh. This is or we're now in a oh yeah excuse yeah, me the shotgun yeah. we're now in a we're now in a in a uh, territory of uh, who knows what'll happen here and whatever right. it is it should not be in public. <laughs> and and I got I gotta say I think if college football stadiums just sold alcohol, people would probably drink a little less yeah in excess like they do. Yeah, because one it's it, it'll be way more expensive, so people will be less inclined to get like fourteen beers. And two, they also won't feel that, um, which is once again, this is all ridiculous. We're talking about alcohol, uh, you know. We're all talking this. Ideally, everyone has self control, but hey, it turns out uh, no one does. Um, right. Yeah, it, it just seemed like that they could just like uh, like it would make sense. But I, I do also kind of understand why they would have want to, especially yeah. with 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 the the more for the liability of selling alcohol to a, a student with like a fake ID. That's true. That seems like a pretty big risk. However, I will say the thing I I did go see a soccer game at the big house. Uh, I saw Man U versus Real Madrid, I believe, and they do like those kind of. Yeah, they do those. We weren't together, were we? No, no. I think I I went with with Don. Shane. Yeah, you were with Don. We do those exhibition. We (laughs) they do those exhibition games for the you know Champions League uh, get teams. And uh, so that so there they did sell booze, uh, beer, I believe, and it was actually kind of weird. I was like, oh, this is odd. They had they had Modelo there. Think, yeah, which I'm not a huge fan of anyway. So yeah. that's I, I would say even though we're all over the place, I think we're still kind of on track because things like hearing uh, people say chug 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 outside and um, people kind of drinking on their porches, I'd say that's only kind of the first stage of of um, tailgating because I think from there it goes to the where you go to places like the bus, for example, which I bet you, which I don't think they sold food, but if you go to some more personal setups, which uh, are more common than I'd say the bigger things, where, where it's essentially what a tailgate is, is someone brings in usually their, uh, most tailgates, especially ones that are going to be at like a big game, it kind of costs money to get a good spot to tailgate. So if you're mm-hmm. going to be at a good spot to tailgate, you're probably going to have some sort of sweet rig. So, for example, on my drive from Pennsylvania, Penn State has a very strong, loyal following, almost kind of like Michigan. Michigan is known, I believe, I would say this, for having, especially in in the Midwest, for having kind of like a hyper, uh, like people, for example, I mentioned Ryan, I think I didn't mention his name before, well, Ryan, who, uh, (laughs) who I think I I did mention, I think I did because I said I didn't give a shit before, well, I still give a shit. uh, He's like a super fan and he never even went there. And um, although that's something you always say is which like these people are obsessed and they never even went there. No, I'm that's why I'm grinning right now. But, but yeah. Penn State's kind of similar. And um, and so I saw a lot of campers, a lot of big pickup trucks with those camper style trailers. Uh-huh. People were coming in expensive rigs and they people were coming, all out. They were coming to eat some sausage, grill up some hot dogs, grill up some. Uh, hey, you want some cheese on that or no cheese? All sorts of cheese, all sorts of beers. There's fancy coolers. Mm-hmm. There is uh, TV setups. And so what people do is they find, you know, there's kind of almost a little prestige in it, once again, especially at Michigan and at Penn State, to get that, and at Michigan State too, because yeah, you, you always do see, like, well. so, like in the very front, you will see, like, these 
$150,000 G-Wagons with like these full spreads. Mm-hmm. So there is a little bit of prestige to where you get. And then people have these big setups where they have the um, the trailer. And then there's the... Um, yeah, so yeah, there's essentially the trailer. And then what people do is they just set up uh, a grill and, and they have other people over and they celebrate and just have like a little pre-party before the... Uh, before the game and uh, it's fun i will say unfortunately i didn't get to have like the full tailgating experience where it was out of someone's car with like the grilling but i have done that one time before and it was very fun and it's fun yes and and, and it's it's honestly it's and once again the bus was a little filled which was not ideal but in theory this is one of my favorite activities and an endless supply of great drunchies which we are firm proponents of and um just standing around chit-chatting and drinking all day. That's my uh one of that's that's some of my favorite activities. Not going to a club with loud music, going with uh, moderately sounding music. <laughs> I sound like my grandmother. Uh yet still drinking freely. And then also the best thing about it is these things tend to happen um earlier in the day. So um I, I, I'm you know, so you're not doing this all night long. You have some freedom to then do what you will with your night or with the rest of your day, which a lot of times could be sleeping off that disaster you put yourself through um, at 11 in the morning. And so I'm going to send, I'm going to send you another picture. And I believe there's, I don't think we're done talking about beer game or beer ways to get drunk as quickly as possible. So whenever this picture comes in, take your time. I would like you to explain to our audience, whatever you're looking at. This is something I definitely haven't done, but I would love to. Okay. And I don't even Yeah, I I just I just want to add that uh But I'm also kind of afraid. Right. So so before I describe the picture Jared just sent me, I I just want to say that the the beauty I think of of tailgating in general is not only the tasty food and the drinking, but it's just a great way to spend time with your friends. People always like it's hard to be tailgating and not have everybody be in a great mood. Oh yeah, for sure, especially before the game when you nothing's happened yet. <laughs> right. And I will say, especially as I was saying before, I'm not really a fan of any of these teams. Like I, I could, I, I could care less. But it is camaraderie in a team or sport is addicting. Yeah. Like you know, when I was in the stadium and cheering, it's like yeah, I, I, I would, I, I could have left that stadium have Michigan having lost, and I honestly would have been a little bummed. Yet if I were in Philadelphia just going about my weekend like it was a normal weekend, I w- couldn't have cared less. But because right. I'm, but because I'm. <laughs> and I'm sitting around all these people drinking beers and, and, and wearing my one Michigan shirt I have. Literally, one I have one Michigan shirt and one Michigan State shirt. Like, that's literally like the bare minimum. At least, and you I know, think either, I gave you that Michigan State you shirt. You did. You did. You did. And it's just, like, it's just like the bare minimum. But it's like for some reason when I'm in Ann Arbor, I feel like a Michigan fan. Yet when I'm in East Lansing, I feel like a Michigan State fan. Yeah, and I don't mind. We have I don't. Uh, there are people in Michigan that are going to hear that, and I don't care. I don't. I didn't go to either of these schools, and I didn't really have a connection to either of them. I grew up right. all over the place. I'm a world traveler, and I'm proud of it. God damn it! That's no, my right. parents did go to grad school in Michigan State, though. But I still don't really have a connection to it. Right. But hey, it's kind of cool. You can be both. You yes. Know? Yeah. I, I feel and like I enjoy I all of it. Right. I feel like I can't. I feel like I'd be d- be betraying all my Spartan uh, can we, brethren. Can we talk about your, um, I would say the word is hate for Michi- for the University of Michigan? Because this hate started before you went to school at Michigan State. Yeah. Uh, wow. Okay. We can go there. This has nothing to do with, 
I feel bad because I okay. Let me let me set the record straight for our <laughs> listeners. I absolutely love the city of Van Arbor. Grew yes. up near there. Have spent tons of time there. Absolutely love it. It's a beautiful um, city filled with interesting food and place things to see. Yes, um, I agree. And, with you. and some great nature, like the Arb. It's like this really yes. cool like nature park. Anyways, though my my animosity for the University of Michigan stems from. I would say really, I wouldn't say necessarily my childhood, but like as I was a teenager, you know, I would go, I would go to Ann Arbor a lot with my friends. We'd go to hookah bars and other places and uh, uh, go get pizza um, or, you know, do whatever. And my experience with a lot of U of M students is they come off as very entitled and very arrogant. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I mean, it's a great school. There are a lot of really brilliant people that work at U of M and study at U of M. I'm not trying to say they're not, but I think sadly the 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 culture that they have at the University of Michigan is a lot of times they think they're better than everybody else. No, and, I'm you with know, you. They, and they, and they are a nationally recognized school. Um, I am, you know, I I understand that. At the same time, though, I feel like just because USA you, Today ranked Michigan number four in the country. Where's Whatever Elbion, whatever little school you went to. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So yeah, I remember. I remember being in high school, and uh, uh, it was the summer right before my senior year, I think. And we had uh, we were eating at Pancheros, which is like a Mexican chain restaurant, um, somewhere in like South University. And I remember overhearing this tour, and the tour guide literally said something along the lines of, um, "Yeah, now that you're here." Um, you're you're among the best, and you're you know some basically more or less saying <laughs> like you well, like you joined the else. Marines or something, <laughs> right? And so after I heard that, that really turned me off to the university. Um, <laughs> and then and then I have another story as well. Um, I'm just gonna put U of M on blast right now. Um, That's okay because I but, think there's some validity to what you're saying because I have more to add to that too. So okay, don't good. don't feel like you're putting them on blast. And and I will you I are. will. I will admit this. I'm obviously biased wow. as well as a Spartan. I bleed green. I love my Spartans. Once again, though, amazing, once again, uh-huh. this started way before you even knew you'd be going to grad school at Michigan State. Also true, yes. But speaking of graduate school, I applied to Michigan State and to the University of Michigan, right? Okay. Once and again, I you heard, can't deny that Michigan's an amazing school. Oh, it is. It's fantastic. But here, here's my problem with the, administra- uh, the administration at University of Michigan. Um, so I heard back from MSU that I was accepted, which was great. Um, you know, awesome news. I was still waiting to hear from U of M, waiting and waiting and waiting. And, um, and so I was waiting and, uh, didn't hear anything back. And so I went back to like their online application portal. It said my application was under review. So it said, you know, if you have questions, contact so-and-so. So So Mm -hmm. I contacted so-and-so. And this was when I was applying for PhD programs for German studies. And uh, I got a response from the associate director of the German department at the University of Michigan saying something along the lines of, oh, wait, hold up. I might even be able to pull up the email here. Oh, man. Um, I'm pretty sure I saved it because I was just like, this is unreal. Um, Well, while you're looking for that, I can tell you what um, I understand where this arrogance comes from. Because I remember when I was in high school... Um, there was a lot of arrogance from the other students that had like either decided that they were going to go or wanted to go or, or had already got in or something. And it was, and it was, it was just like this, like it was so clear that people like joked about it in, in our high school. Um, that, that there, that there was definitely something that turned me off from it at a young age too, where it's like, 
I like I I feel like I like I almost which is not the case. And honestly, let me make also put out this disclaimer: if I had applied, there's probably a good chance I wouldn't have gotten in there anyway. I'm pretty stupid. However, there was sort of this thing where it was almost not that I wanted to prove anyone any prove anything to anyone, but I was like I was like I could like I can get a good education somewhere else. It's like why people people make it seem like. Uh, Michigan is the greatest thing to happen to the state of Michigan. Like the University of Michigan is like the greatest thing to happen to the state. It's like, oh, you can't. It's like, oh, you know, I'm going to get a good education because I'm going to Michigan, and it's because I got this blah 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 blah. And it's like, and also it helps that I was. And it's like, yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know if I buy into all, uh, all of that. And I and I and once again, and this is coming from someone that recognizes that it's a good school, and I recognize that uh, people could easily be like, well, that's easy for you to say because you probably couldn't even get in. But this is more coming from someone that, um thoroughly believes uh you can get uh colleges just as useful can be just as useful i i i i believe that the uh sort of the sort of uh what, what's the word i'm looking for like the prestige that's what i'm looking for of yeah, a school yeah. mm -hmm. is does is useful but i don't think it goes as far, it goes as far as people think thinks it does i think more a degree and how you interview is more and once again it also depends on i guess what you're looking for but especially in a lot of businessy kind of roles and a lot of more your standard not not your standard less academic jobs but more standard in an office interfacing with people kind of job like that i think that your the how you carry yourself you, obviously you need a degree i'm not saying you don't need it. a lot of these positions if they say you need a degree it's cuz you need it but right. i don't think they're as obsessed with seeing like oh i went to the top 5 schools Based off of the 2017 blah 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 list, I don't think that they really look that much into that. I mean, maybe they might see and be like, "Oh, cool," but they won't be like, "Oh, well, we got to really, you know, this guy's already got a little leg up." Even like, I think, at least from what I've seen, I think interviewing matters way more than what school you went to. I think also too the connections you have as well. Yes, the that's fair. Yeah, that's that's, key that's well. a great point. Okay, great so point. good news. I I knew I still had it. I found the email, yes. so I sent. I sent, I will read my email and then I will read the response. So I sent this to the German graduate program at the University of Michigan. And I said, hello, I am wondering when I will hear back from the department regarding my application for the PhD program. I have already been accepted to one of the schools I applied to and would like to know roughly when I will hear back from U of M so Ooh, I can make you're a, a little, decision. You're a little power, you're a little power move right there. <laughs> well, it was true. I was already accepted by no, that's fair. You don't want to, you don't want to um, like leave those other people waiting too long. Right. And then um, I have not gotten any emails regarding the account and checking the status of my application. Thank you for your time, Chad. Right? And then Very this, polite. Is the this is the response. Right? I was trying to be polite. This is the response I get. Hi, Jen. Yes, <laughs> please send out letters to everyone we did not admit. Thank you. Should, oh, so she I just say their totally name? I, I, won't, I won't say their name. No, don't say her name. So she just totally, it was just totally, it, just it totally mis-emailed. It was a he. Yes, oh, the me. associate. Is he like just totally misemailed something uh, yep. later. Yep, and he, that's that's like the peak level. Of, I, at first, I thought it was going to be some sort of terrible response, but he just emailed the wrong person. <laughs> so how do you be such a prestigious university and can't send the right email to somebody? Like I'm sorry, but like also if you're I the triple check that chair stuff or something like that. Right. If you're like that high up in the department, I would feel like you would know your way around an email. Anyway, especially I if, especially when you're dealing with potential students, like who knows what kind of stuff he could have sent you to a potential student. That I mean, right. that was even though it was stupid, it was uh, you know harmless overall. 
But who knows what kind of like serious stuff he could have so, quote unquote so, accidentally sent. Right. So so here we go. So here here's my response. So I said, Hi, so and so. I received this email. <laughs> I should have said that. I received this email, but I don't think I was supposed to receive it. I was inquiring about my application for graduate school at U of Chad's M. Very polite. Good guy, Chad. And right I think there. you sent this to the wrong person. Take care, Chad. Mm-hmm. Hello, Chad. I am so sorry. I meant to send this email to our secretary. No shit. As you can see from the content of the email, you are not among the students to whom we extended <laughs> oh, offers. Damn. Yeah, that's right. I'm glad to hear that one of the schools you applied to has already accepted oh, you. Oh, all right. Hey. I wish you good luck for your graduate studies and your academic pr- career. Thank you for applying to our program. Yeah, I mean, it was nice, but it's, I'm still a little salty about it. No, that kind of made me want to slap that dude in the face. Where it's like, like it's, it's, it's just like crazy. this is how you run your your uh this yeah once again this prestigious program, right? That, that, and then I, I hate that level of incompetence. It's, it's so simple. And then this was March thirteenth, twenty fourteen, when when I got these emails, right? I feel like we're on Judge Judy right now. And right, and uh, <laughs> I didn't get my actual like letter saying I wasn't accepted until fucking April. Yeah, that's 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 aggressive. It's awful. That's aggressive. It's awful. Sure. I mean, people are trying to plan their lives around your graduate program, and you don't have the courtesy to send them a letter before April. And that's the thing. There is that sort of thing with the schools that are so prestigious and big, which, uh, to be fair, Michigan State, granted, it doesn't have that same sort of prestige. And I have quotes up for everyone, as U of M does. But it still is a very great and prestigious school nationwide. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, they do have that. It is sort of that um, almost like – that person in, in school that thinks they're too cool for you, where it's mm-hmm. like we, we have sort of this luxury of, of uh, or not even luxury, but we, we're too aware of how cool we are. That's what it is to where right. to where we're, we're to where we're unnecessarily sloppy. And it's just out of a place of I don't really have to pay attention because one, it's someone that's not coming here. And two, it's not like we're at a shortage for applicants for for any of these uh, spots. So it's not like I have to try make sure I let we I put on the best. It's almost like how we how people in America always make fun of Comcast or AT and T or whatever the cable provider is, Time Warner. And it's because it's like, where else are you gonna go? You got like one other option that's just as terrible as us. Exactly. Where it's like, granted, theirs is not terrible. Theirs is great, but it's like you, you want to go here because we're one of the best schools in the country. It's like, what, what I don't like. You're you're either in or you're not. So, <laughs> right. You're welcome. Right. Anyways, this episode is not um, shit on U of M. It is on the road again, Ann Arbor. U of M yes. just happens to also be in Ann Arbor. Yes, um, and a very big part of it because um, can I t- can I give you some some you know we did do a lot of uh, shitting and I do enjoy shitting upon, but let me give you some 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 uh, accolades that uh, Ann Arbor has gotten because Ann Arbor is a uh, great little spot. I even got to zoom in is. because there's so many. Nice. Um. According to Forbes magazine, in 2010, Ann Arbor was ranked number one top college towns. I believe it. Um, according to The Atlantic in 2012, it was wrote, voted number two as the most e-space literate cities in, the, in America. I'm not sure what that means, but I feel like it has to do with reading online. <laughs> yeah, I think it's – well, I think it's computer literacy maybe. So it's like most articles in like – News is read like probably per capita in Ann Arbor, maybe. Maybe I mean maybe they, it's I, I remember I remember the Ann Arbor newspaper. I think they had stopped. They used to do I don't know if it was just on the weekends like a Sunday paper, but then they did eventually move it all online. I'm pretty sure. I mean, if I can make it, I can just be clear. The most e literate 
Thank God for Google, right? Atlantic. Yeah. So, um, most literate. Not most literate. E. Space literate. You're the one that made up the the thing. Is it capital E? Oh, I, it changed. It, it auto changed it to illiterate, as in cannot. Did I just gotcha. hit my soundboard accidentally? Nope, I didn't hear. Anything. Oh, okay. You're good. You're good. I think I might have hit one that requires me to hold it down. So, well, while while you're looking, I also want to mention. So, so, um, I mean, the cool thing about Ann Arbor as well is there's just a lot of really awesome people there. Like, there's a really good music scene. The Blind Pig is this really awesome bar. Um, I've actually played there before with my band in, back in high school. Cool. Nirvana has played there. Mac Miller has played there. Rest in peace. Yeah. Um, there's Shout been out. a lot of really amazing musicians to come and play in Ann Arbor. The Ark is also like a really cool area where they play like a lot of more like folk and jazz music. Mm-hmm. I saw um, one of the guys who opened up for Woodstock named Richie Havens there a few years back. Oh, yeah, I've heard of him. And I'm not familiar, but I've concert. heard of him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so, I mean, Ann Arbor, there's a lot of culture. So I can know. explain illiterate. Um, Perfect. There is a lot of culture. And, and uh, I've actually seen a couple uh, concerts there as well, hip-hop, so not as fancy as yours. But um, recently a new form of reading elitism has come about. Uh, uh, oh, jeez. I wish I would have read this before, but I was actually interested in what you were saying. Uh, to identify the most el- oh, electronically literate. Yeah. So, yeah, so through like so it's the, that's yeah. based off of like Kindles and e-readers and and yeah. and Amazon books and stuff like that. Okay. Um so it's essentially just saying it's a very educated and kind of technology based. It's I think I also didn't realize sort of how like um like one it's it's also this is not on the list but it's also a very green city. Like Absolutely. like they they take they take that stuff very seriously and there's a lot they they take recycling and and a lot of restaurants and stores especially kind of more local ones. Uh, brag about that sort of stuff. Like they're, it, um, they have a very nice thrift store, which I always find mm-hmm. to be um, actually a couple. To be honest with you, there's yeah, a, they do. That, that I always find um, cities like that are always have great thrift stores. Like I bet you Asheville would have had a couple great thrift stores. I didn't check, but I bet you they would. Oh, I'm sure they. In 2012, they according to the Daily Beast, it was ranked happiest cities in America, number five happiest cities in America. Also in 2012, uh, according to the Daily Beast, most creative cities. Uh, according to Travel and Leisure in 2012, it was rated uh, number 10 for the greatest greatest main street in America. Do you think you could uh, agree with that? Do you think that's a fair rating? Greatest main street. I mean, granted, I, I, that's a dumb question. I like you've been to all the main streets that they surveyed. <laughs> and and honestly, I probably took main street for granted. Um, right. Because you try do you try to avoid the hullabaloo? No, I mean I like main street. There's some cool places right off of main street. Um, I really like. Um, there, there's quite a few restaurants there. I'm, I'm pretty sure the Ark is on Main Street or very close to it. Um, I, I mean, I don't know, man. It, it depends on how, how are they rating this? Are they rating it based on the stores and stuff? Or are they rating it based on the aesthetics of it? This is too, this is too much information. I'm already looking at a picture, that a very nice picture, uh, that just has different little blurbs of, of rankings that they've had in the past couple of years. So I don't have that much information. Okay. I'm not sure. I mean, it's a really cool Main Street. I don't know if it, I would say it's the. I haven't probably haven't paid attention to Main Streets enough to tell you what the best <laughs> one is. How is Kumatov's Main Street? It's not bad. There are some restaurants there. Um, Royal Oak has a good Main Street because uh, obviously Kumatov isn't fair. I'm cutting you off. Also, because it's not really fair because they're talking about America, but Royal Oak, which I have lived in, which is another uh, sort of hopping city, and which is in Metro Detroit. <laughs> um, 
that's kind of a, the hopping city of Metro Detroit. That's um, smaller, way smaller than Ann Arbor, but uh, it's kind of a trendy city for young people. It's not a college town either. There's like a community college within the city, but I don't think that makes anything a college town. No offense right. to our people hustling out there in community college. Right. Uh, but anyway, um, I think they have a great Main Street, but it's smaller. Um, did I say uh, – oh, Amazon, according to Amazon, which also would make sense based on the e-literature. Amazon ranked them in 2011 the most well, number four most well-read cities in America. Okay. Another thing I like about uh, Ann Arbor, which I would have taken advantage of if I had more time, which I have in the past, it's another great city to stumble into bookstores and buy a book for like 30 cents. That'll blow oh, your mind. Absolutely. I love absolutely. cities like that where it's got like those, the best tiny bookstores with just random stuff on walls. Usually when I'm on vacation, this time's a little different because I drove. But every like actually last time I visited my sister in, in D.C. and I flew um, – it was nice to crack, like, just buy a book for like a dollar fifty while I was wandering around her city one day and be like, "I'll just read this on the on the flight back and fall in love with a book that I rule of rule of the bone." That's one of that's one of the books that I found. It's kind of like a more oh, modernized nice. uh, Catcher in the Rye almost. That's awesome. A number one and Forbes rated it the number one best college sports town in 2010. I I believe that I, a lot of people a lot would of not a lot of people would not like that, but every every. That's true. Dark. Every hardcore fan's gonna want to say their own little uh, That's shitty true. college town. That's true. Uh, <laughs> Ann Arbor is also though a fairly large city. I mean, they have you know a decent sized population. That is There's true. A lot of people. That who, is true. You know, so that that makes a difference. Also, too, this probably isn't on the list, but there is an awesome record store in Ann Arbor as well. Uh, it's not on the list, but I bet you my sister and her husband know about it because they're record connoisseurs. They have they're always playing records, so I, I bet you they know about it. Yeah, so there's a really cool record store. Oh, I don't remember what street it's on anymore. But, uh, yeah, it's awesome. So if any of our listeners ever end up in Ann Arbor, um, there's a lot of cool things to do. Um, that's for sure. I feel like there's so much more we could talk about, and I also feel like I've been all over the place. I mean, there we is both more, have, but that's, is, uh, that's also <laughs> tailgating is in its essence, right? It's kind of being all over the place. There is one more thing. I well, Not one more thing, but there is something I did want to bring that I found very, very um, kind of fascinating almost is uh so my sister she's in grad school so she's back at school grad school and um it's interesting seeing uh i mean you know this is her first semester and it started in uh, the end of august mid-august i would assume and it is interesting seeing especially because so oh we i went to the football game there was something this is where i thought of this i went to the football game and we were uh essentially we my sister was going around asking friends and uh people she knew if they weren't were not going to the game, if they had spare tickets, because also I was in the student section, which means you need a student ID to get in. So um, they don't really check the student IDs that closely. So all we were looking for uh, was just anyone, a, a black person that wasn't going to the game that was friends with my uh, sister or her husband. And what which we and which we did find uh, tickets for all of us and IDs, because only my sister was a student, so she had an ID. But none of us had tickets, and the husband and me needed IDs, which we did do, and we found the final ID. Five minutes after the game started, it was actually very impressive, uh, which is good. So I can I can kneel for the anthem in private. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. Um, so and but although I did see this flyover because I was right by the uh, stadium. But anyway, um, so we got into the game and uh, and that was all well and good. But one thing I noticed at this tailgate and while my sister was looking for uh, tickets, is I was shocked. 
not shocked, but I was. It was interesting to see how many people like they she knew and how many people she was like buddies with, and how many people she was at least knew well enough to ask them if she could just take their ID or if they had a ticket that she wanted that she could buy for them. And I, I was, and and it almost made me kind of um, one. It almost made me kind of like miss school a little bit because I was like, oh, that's like that school kind of way of meeting people where it's like you're almost some sort of fucking freak if you can't make friends while you're in school because you're surrounded by people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I miss that as right. someone that like lives in a city and I kind of just moved there as a working person where it's like, oh, that, that it is kind of fun to have all these new friends all of a sudden and, and, and almost you can't help but make friends just because you're surrounded by all these people. And as and being in, in a grad school setting, uh, there are a lot of situations where you're in group settings and she lives close to people. So it was very interesting to see, um, and it was almost a little foreign, t- foreign to me having been out of school for so long. To the point where I was also, I'm almost like, um, when I saw her go around asking for IDs or tickets, I'm, a, I'm almost like, um, in my head, I was like, how well do you know these people? Like you've been here for like two and a half months, and I was like, I mean, clearly this is not your first time doing this or anything, and it's not like I didn't think she was being rude, but I was just right. like, wow, it's so crazy, and it also makes me then obviously because I'm selfish, think about myself and mm-hmm. just how god awful i am at meeting people but also i'm not in that sort of uh, environment where where you're just surrounded by people your age that are looking to meet new people and learn the same thing and are doing the same thing and so i felt jealous in that way until this morning when her and i were um sitting at the uh, table this morning and she was showing me some of her her homework asked me if i would understand it because i did major in uh economics in high school excuse me high school in college and i understood what she was studying but i was like yeah i mean this is out of my pay grade and so seeing her, and she was telling me about her day. She's busy today from, you know, meetings essentially back to back. I'm sure there's some spaces in between. From 10 a.m. she left around 9:45 to uh, about 10 p.m. And I, so between looking at her homework and hearing about her being busy on a Sunday, for essentially 12 hours, I was like, yeah. Then that also makes me want to, like, yeah, friends aren't that great. I'm doing fine alone. <laughs> right. But I, yeah, I do struggle to wonder about grad school because. I know so many people around me that have done it, and and as you have done it, my sister, other friends, and you can't deny the benefit of having that extra degree. But one, it's hard to justify with the financial investment, and two, it's hard to justify with um, the sort of time investment. Especially me, if I do it, I assume I'd still have to work on some at on some level. Um, so I'd be working, and maybe I wouldn't. I, I don't know. It's it's hard for me to justify that, especially if it's not hasn't really come up as a way as a hindrance yet in my career. Right. But that's the thing is you're inve- you're investing in your future because what if it comes up as a potential? Like I, I get a couple promotions and then it comes up years from now. Oh, you could do this job, but there's this other guy that's equally qualified but also has an MBA or has a CPA, and it's right. like well now it's even harder for me to justify to get, go back to get the degree when I have kids and uh, uh, even more debt and more stuff going on. So I don't know. I I wonder about that because I see people progressing around me, but I'm also there's this weird thing where I see people progressing intellectually, but I'm also like, yeah, but I'm also making more money than all these people in grad school because <laughs> <Sure>. uh, <laughs> I have a normal job and I have a normal you know sort of normal salary. Um, but you know, it also looks like fun. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you, grad school is a great time. I mean, there yeah, were a lot I hard, loved there visiting you. Times, but th- it was a lot of fun for sure. I, I well, had a great time visiting you, and I, I, I even I met a lot of great people just on the when I would come and play soccer with you on uh, Fridays and Saturdays. Those were the days, man. Those yeah. were the days for sure. 
But well, I, uh, uh, how, 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 what was yours like? Sorry, more, one more grad school question. What was you're yours good. like as far as like workload goes? Because uh, the workload that I hear about from these uh, MBA people, masters in business and association, which is all I'm hearing about because that's what my sister does, uh, seems ridiculous. It's, it's like, wait, you're not, be- you guys aren't becoming doctors here. Like, well, what is well, it like for uh, education? Well, I think I think More there's writing, a, I think there's like a kind of this this weird culture in grad school where like I think most grad students want to always give off the notion that they're always studying, they're always working, they're, you know what I mean? Yeah. But like I would I don't know, my my typical day in graduate school was I'd get up at eight or nine, go teach one or two German lessons, um, which is how I got funding. Um, my first for my first master's degree as a, a, a master's in German studies, and um, so then then I'd usually have a, a break in between, um, which is then I'd, I'd usually reread the the reading material for my class later that afternoon, and all the lectures I had were I had usually lectures three three times a week, um, and they'd be a three hour lecture because we only met once a week, so it'd be like three to you know three to six. I think like three to five fifty technically or something like that. Um, Do you think your um? Oh, sorry, your, your day still uh, your day still going? Well, then after after that, usually then I'd get some dinner and then I would either grade or work on my lesson plans or do more homework. Right. I think that's also a diff- a slight difference between what you're doing and say what my sister is doing, which is business. So a lot of, a lot of yours. Um, Getting a, a lot of your ma- process of getting a master's is more, I'd say, probably hands-on than, than hers is. Hers is probably more actual classwork, while yours is more, it seems like they grade a lot of what you do also through actually watching you do it, through TAing and stuff and teaching. A, well, is that wrong? I mean, you still have classwork, I'm, I'm sure. Right. right. Well, definitely. It's, it's not wrong. I think the difference is you, usually people are TAs if they want to become a teacher, which was my goal. But also, it's it's a way to get funding, right? So I do know mm. a few people in my other master's program, in my TESOL program, that um, didn't have any type of TA-ship or, or funding. So they just studied and did homework. And to be right. honest with you, I'm really glad that I had a TA-ship. And then I also had a, for my TESOL master's, I had a graduate assistantship with the um, Center for Language Teaching Advancement at Michigan State. And so for there, I, I did a couple different things. I would help out with a couple different research grants. Um, I also worked in like a language um, computer lab, which is a specialized computer lab for you know students learning foreign languages. We would give different proficiency tests and things like that. And I, I have to say, I really liked having those other types of graduate student jobs because... I then had to really be on top of things in terms of when I would do my homework. Because otherwise, I think if I only would have studied and didn't have a job, um, I would probably, I already procrastinated a little bit as it was. It probably would have been much worse if right. I wouldn't have had a, uh, a job. So right. yeah. Yeah. Okay. We, we should do an episode about grad school. I think that'd yeah. be a, a really helpful thing for some of our I, listeners I, out there. I, for me, I I think I have a lot of questions, and um, you're obviously. Let's do, a, it. do you ever consider? I mean, I, this is a question I'm gonna. I people will hear again because I will ask you again <laughs> when we do an episode about grad school. Do you ever uh, consider going back for another? Yeah. Another degree. What do you? What? I'll, what's, I'll, I'll just say yeah. We'll leave it at that. We'll okay. Leave, leave the, you uh, and our listeners on their toes. J- join in for a future episode about grad schools where 
Chat spills exactly. the beans. That's right. What's next? That's right. But today, uh, Jared is on the road again in Ann Arbor, and I think we've touched. I just love that Willie Nelson sound drop. <laughs> oh, it's so great. <laughs> so great. Um, even though this wasn't a place where you have never been, you have, no. you and I both have spent a lot of time in Ann Arbor. I had to. Cho- I had to choose. A, a one of the verses to put in there, and I like that one the most. It's a great verse. I mean, all of it's great. And but I anyways. still, and I will say this, even though I, I have been here plenty of times, uh, there is something too, especially as I said, because of this podcast, kind of opening my eyes in a different way and just really taking it in, soaking it in. Oh, so absolutely. I'd say, even though I have been there, ha- and I did, oh, dude, I'm sorry, we can't go on yet. There's one thing I totally forgot to bring up that I did What's for the that? first time. So on, f- so I got there Friday, Friday night. Um, so, um, all right, so here's the deal. I'm gonna whisper this because uh, I think someone's home, but this is I, I, this is <laughs> this is so bad. So anyway, so um, I, I I we I went out and I did a fun activity, which I'll tell you about in a second, with a group of people, which is they're in a um, a band together, and uh, my sister's husband Jeff is in this band. Okay. And um, I asked later what kind of band it was, and I found out it's a cover band. Nice. And it took everything in my power not to laugh. I mean, it's fine, you know, do your thing. But uh, I, I'm, I'm now terrified that uh, I, th- I don't think they listen, but that they are listening. <laughs> if someone's like right outside the door, but it, I, it was, I just found that funny. I, I don't know, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe that's my problem. So what? But you I do feel though? like I'd have a little shame. <laughs> anyway, what I do? Cover bands are great. Hey, enjoy yourself, live life. What we did was we did one of those um, cart bar thingies where you cart around the city and, and drink beer you know one of those what really yeah i yeah. know exactly what you're talking about Can yeah I explain it for our listeners though because i please and i can't believe i didn't think to take a picture as i'd sit here but please so, so yeah so it's like this it's literally a bar on wheels and you yep. have to pedal right mm-hmm. so yes. you have to pedal and there's usually somebody at the front of it that is responsible for everybody um, yeah and it's only steering right and he's, I'm assuming he's not drinking or she's not drinking, I would no. imagine. No, and he got offered beer, and he said, no, he can't. And I'm sure he gets offered beer all the time. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. But yeah, so... And one, Did you so, like it? Let me tell you about it. So here's a few things. One, um, it is a like a, a bar that's essentially a giant car that you bicycle around on, and everyone's... And a common question that is always the first thing that's answered is, yes, you definitely have to pedal. Uh, there's no way to, to, to fake the funk. It kind of made me think of when I played soccer. And there would always be that one, like when you have to move the, the, the goal, and there would always be that one person standing there, then as we're walking, just drops their hands. Like, I'm not actually doing anything. I'm just pretending to make it look like I am. You can't really do that with this because everyone, like if, if someone's faking it, then you're just dead weight at that point. And there already are people on there that are dead weight because not every seat has pedals. Oh, So gotcha. um, there is kind of a, because of the way it's geared, there is kind of a, it tops out pretty low. Like, you can't go that fast unless you're going, like, down a hill or something. And uh, it's fun. You know, it's kind of chilly, but it's fun. You just bike around. And there are bars that we make stops at. But because it was a, uh, a big game night and, like, uh, the city was hopping, we spent most of our time when we were at different stops just essentially using it as an excuse to drink on the street. Because we, right. we were just sitting in the cart drinking beers outside, wa- kind of watching, people watching and talking uh, and, and it was kind of nice. So we didn't really go into the beer, which is part of the tour usually is you make stops in bars and usually get a drink in other bars. But we had enough beer and we uh, were like, well, let's just sit here instead of waiting and in going into crowded bars and waiting in lines. We paid for this thing for two hours. Let's use it. We got beer. Let's sit here and. Of course. That's and so, awesome. 
that was a lot of fun. And so I started off not biking, and then I later did pedal. And I, there was I'm such I don't know what this is about me, but the, as I was I started not pedaling and watching how fast we we're going, and not even having done it before. Let me clarify, there was a little part of me that's like. Bet this would be going faster if I was one of the people pedaling. <laughs> right, that's funny. Uh, and I think it might have been once I pedal, but it definitely. I, I you know I, I give I give people props because I was kind of uh, a little ballsy and being like, oh, I got this. It was pretty tough. Nice, that's awesome. I've always wanted to try one of those. So it the was gimmick fun, is worth it. Uh, yeah. I although I will say this. Yes, it is worth it. I, I'd recommend you maybe do it on a less cold night. I just also wasn't well prepared. Oh, another thing I noticed is that I, I somehow managed to both overpack and underprepare. I didn't think to bring like a good jacket. Like I brought a lot of good sweaters, but it, it, I need one more layer on top of that. I did not pan that far ahead. Luckily, the I guess I'd call him brother-in-law now. That's the first time I've ever said that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I guess uh, that I guess I, I'd give him a shout out uh, for hooking me up with the jacket. So that was that was no big deal once since I had that. But um, I somehow managed to fill my my back to the brim for a weekend and not have most of what I needed to just walk around. Sure. Um, <laughs> so um, but yeah, sorry, I I could not go on without mentioning you, that because no, and I, I also think it. that oh, what I wanted to say about that biking thing was one that's a. I have to imagine that's a uniquely American thing. Do they have that abroad? I may they never, do. I've never, I've never seen it abroad. But um, I did feel bad for the traffic because we're obviously on the street. And if you look back, like it, I did have to just stop myself from looking back because I felt so bad to sometimes look back and just see like six, seven, eight, nine, ten cars lined up behind you as we're drinking beers and barely pedaling up this hill. Right. <laughs> that's fair and i was like oh god i feel terrible these people are just trying to go somewhere and uh, we're drunkenly singing sweet caroline and biking up a uh, in the snow s cart <laughs> that's awesome nice well jared uh, i would like to give our listeners a little recap um of what we've talked about because as as we've both said we have been all over the place yeah but uh, i didn't realize that, i'd even have this much to talk about but there's so much more but i'm gonna stop myself right I, I do want to add a couple other things that I think many foreigners have probably heard about. Uh, beer pong and flip cup are very, very popular drinking my games. Sister drink was trying, my sister was trying to play uh, beer pong. You know what? Can I make a proposal? Sure. Because uh, you, you've just brought up a, open a whole new can of worms. We could skip the untranslatables and just keep talking Ann Arbor and do these untranslatables next episode. All right. I want to I share one or two of them. Okay. But, we can do that. We but, can do that. But let me – yeah. So, so beer pong is a big thing. And for those of you who don't know what that is, you set up a triangle. I believe it's, it's what, like nine cups, right? One, two, three, whatever, four. It, whatever you do to make a proper seven. pyramid with the base it's being ten. five. I think it's ten. Is it five? I thought the base was four. Maybe it's four. I don't know. Right? One, two, three, four. One, I don't two, know three, what regulation seven. is. I think it's 10. I think it's 10, but I could one, be two, wrong. One, two, three, four. One, uh, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. If yeah, it's, it's a base ten. of four, then it would be 10. Yeah. 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 And Which so, I think uh, it probably is a base of four. You're probably right. And so so you just have a ping pong ball. The, the hygienic way to play beer pong is you just fill Dude. the cups with water and you sip your They weren't your playing that way at the bus yesterday. It fucking oh, gross. grossed me out. That's nasty. The, the, the they poured beer into them. Way, but exactly, it was, it was you still, pour those... beer into them and you got to drink the beer. Bad idea. Um, what yeah. we recommend here as, at the Untranslatable Podcast is just be uh, have some sort of semblance of hygiene and just use water in the cups and then whenever the ball goes in, move your cup and take a sip or chug of your beer real quick. Right. And that and is the, essentially doing the same thing. Exactly. And the other game I mentioned was Flip Cup where you – 
have your plastic red solo cup at the edge of the t- well first of all all the cups have a little bit of beer or or some type of alcohol you you drink it really quick then you flip your cup upside down so so that so one's a little the, tougher though that one it kind of you kind of need to take the use the cup to drink out of yeah which which i think is fine but if they're I fresh mean, cups then that's okay the thing about exactly. the beer pong is you're throwing a ping pong ball. balls that have been on the mm-hmm. on the ground in people's hands and then th- those go into cups that you're drinking out. So, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Right. So I'd say flip cup is probably a little more sanitary. If the cups are new and the table isn't all gross. Right. Um, but yeah, it always so you, is, by the way. Right. Oh, for sure. <laughs> but anyway, so you, so you drink your drink, you put your cup upside down, and then you try to flip it and land it right side up. And okay. the team to do that all the way down the line, usually it's like three, four, or five people, wins. So those yes. are really popular tailgating drinking games. Um, to all of our American listeners out there, the next time you go tailgating – um, have fun, but also please be safe. You don't want to be like that guy Jared mentioned who shotgun a beer and then puked it back up like a minute yes. later. That that is another thing that um, that I, I kind of I'm not gonna say I missed, but it did once again the theme of this episode so far as nostalgia. Seeing people just uh, drink rec- recklessly underage with their friends did kind of make me a little nostalgic. <laughs> People will go ham on game because, day. dude, on else. Saturday I was in bed by like ten thirty. Oh yeah, I've had I've had morning games before where I've literally gone to bed at like six, woken up at like eight or nine, and been like, you know what, I'm I'm gonna like watch a movie and then go right back to bed. That's exactly what my sister said when when they when the bouncer mentioned um mentioned uh the uh the cover my sister's like let's just uh go back and make mar- margaritas and uh, watch a movie yeah <laughs> that's what we did and we watched a fargo which was uh great as always nice. that's an awesome movie so yeah, yeah so so that's that's um i would say a decent recap of tailgating there's a you know basically it's a big celebration usually i mean not usually almost always outdoors um people Can have I mention- their cars absolutely sorry i, I thought uh, that was a great recap <laughs> Uh, can I mention some things I wish I would have gone to that I that I missed out on? Absolutely. That I thought I'd have more time for. So I already mentioned Fleetwood uh, Diner, mm-hmm. and I was considering it, but the line was pretty long uh, before the pod, because uh, obviously it's a Sunday morning. What was, what was I expecting? It's great. Dr- oh, another great drunchy. I mean, ultimate drunchy is a big thing, and it's open twenty four hours, which is popular for diners. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so great, great drunchy at any time of the day. Um. Zingerman's. I wanted to get go to Zingerman's and get a sandwich. Oh, Zingerman's is delicious. Zingerman's is a uh, is a staple in Ann Arbor, and they're a bakery slash sandwich shop slash restaurant slash coffee shop slash. I mean, they do everything. Yeah, it's, like and it's really good food. Yeah, because I, I I've been I they oh I think they're also a brewery. Do they make their own beer at that no, restaurant? I have no idea. I've no okay, idea. I've only been to that restaurant once, but I, for some reason I remember having some specially good beer there. But I, I'm more of a fan of the sandwich place anyway. That's the place I really w- wanted to go to. Um, do you have any places that you really love to hit when you're there? And that, like, say, yeah. now that you're away, you're like, oh, when I go back, and I, I'm going to make sure I hit up this place. Yeah, I was I was hoping to give, you know, a version of Chad's Ann Arbor tips. So yeah. here are Chad's Ann Arbor tips for all of our listeners out there. On the road again. <laughs> if you're on the road again. I'm obsessed with this. Number one. <laughs> so Jared mentioned Zingerman's. I actually have a different favorite sandwich shop. In okay. Ann Arbor. I mean, I'm the tourist. That might have been the tourist answer. Um, that's true. I would I would check out Izzy's Hoagie Shop. I think I've been there as well. Izzy's before. is amazing. Maybe um, I will. Really go great there. Philly cheesesteaks. Um, they might be closed on Sundays. 
unfortunately. But uh, could I get a sandwich tomorrow? Are they open in the mornings and I can get I th- one for th- my drive? I think so. I think they are. Maybe so yeah, I'll Izzy's do that. is one of my favorite places. Also, we talked about the Grizzly Peak. That was by far one of my favorite restaurants oh, by the in way, Ann Arbor. I'm sorry. I hate doing this, but I did text Guardo while we were uh, recording to just say, hey, you guys want to go to the um, Grizzly Peak? And his response is, what the fuck is that? Oh, Guardo. <laughs> that's a thumbs down right <laughs> And there. all I wanted to be like was, I mean, you could just Google it, but I, okay. Uh, anyway, right. go ahead. Sorry. The Grizzly yeah, Peak, so, yes. So the Grizzly Peak, if you are a nature lover, uh, I, would, I would tell you to check out the Arb in Ann Arbor. It's like a kind of like a kind of like a park. It's just really beautiful. A lot of greenery there. Um, really gorgeous. So check that out. Um, and then if you are trying to get your drink on, there's a lot of good places. Number one, um, as as you know, Jared, and as our listeners will come to know, um, is that I love all things German beer, German food, whatever. And uh, the Heidelberg is a great place for a lot for of beer. authentic German beer, but not for food. It's yeah, it's okay. I would don't say go Metzger's, there looking for don't go there looking for for German food and and, right. and feeling like you got that experience. Right, I would say Metzger's is more authentic and and higher quality food. If you want German food in Ann Arbor, that's a little bit further on the outskirts. Um, yeah, you have to drive there. Yeah, and then my other my other um, tip for all of you um, visitors in Ann Arbor would be check out either the Blind Pig um, because they have a lot of great concerts there. There are also usually a lot of great concerts thrown um, by different, like the, the Department of Music at the University of Michigan. I've seen some amazing jazz concerts um, in Ann Arbor as well. The other thing that I would also highly suggest while you're in Ann Arbor is to go to Good Time Charlie's. Have you ever been there before, Jared? I don't think so. So if you also are trying to get your drink on, if you like sweeter drinks, I'm not a huge sweet drink guy, but if you like sweeter uh, drinks. Is it, is it on that row where uh, Le- Blue Leprechaun is? Yep. Yep. Okay, it's I on South there. U. And I have check there. out South U for, for going to bars. By the and way, speaking of which, time Charlie's. Yeah. Did, you know, did you know World of Beers is gone? Oh, yeah. It's been gone for a couple of years now. I, I mean, I haven't been here in a couple of years, but uh, I did mention to my sister that I like World of Beers. And she's like, what? She's like, yeah, I don't, I'm not familiar with that place. And I, yeah, it's then not we, there anymore. Then we biked by it, and I was like, oh, that's why you're not familiar with it. Yep. It's now a poutinery or, or whatever. And that garbage. place is amazing. I okay. would actually say go check out the poutinery as well. Well, it's as really we mentioned good. in our previous Drunchy episode is when I'm going for Drunchies, I don't want a lot of sauce all over my French fries. That's I don't fair. like hand foods with a lot of sauce for during Drunchy time because it's already going to be a mess. Right. That's fair. I don't blame you. But those are Chad's tips for Ann Arbor. So check those places out. <laughs> and you are tips. welcome to um, uh, message us at, um, well, Untranslatable Podcast on Facebook, Untranslatable uh, Podcast on Instagram, or tweet at us. Um, Jared will probably be the one responding to that, Untranslatable mm-hmm. One. Or shoot us an email. If you want any other insider tips about Ann Arbor, please let us know. We would be happy yeah. to help you. I, th- I think I can give a surprisingly good amount of recommendations. And if I can't, I have friends that have lived here their entire life that are more than happy to not shut up about recommendations. So, right. There you go. So get at us, people. Well, Jared, do you, uh, do you happen to know what time it is? We've been oh, recording for quite a while. Uh, fancy, untranslatable Rolex made just for us. Oh, right on time. I think that's the uh, unmistakable uh, cuckoo of the untranslatable owl. Yes, do you sir. got you got some good ones that are very tailgate slash? Um, I do. I'm gonna start you off with a German one. You probably know this one, but it's a good one anyways. Okay. And it is Blausein. 
Or to be uh, blue. Is that it's either to be hammered or to have a hangover? Pretty sure it's to be hammered, yeah. What is hangover? Hangover's got an interesting word for it too. Ich habe einen Kater. I have a male cat. Okay. Yes, yeah, as I said, interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. but that's that's before the kata. That's the right. process of uh, uh, of. Right. <laughs> that's how the kata comes on is from exactly being you blau. Could, you could say you could say man ist blau und dann hat man einen kata. kata. Okay, okay, that's definitely. I definitely saw a lot of that. Oh, we forgot to explain the picture. Speaking of ka- uh, blau sein, oh, we forgot true. to explain the picture. One more drinking technique. There's uh, plenty of ways to get hammered, and we forgot one. <laughs> And I've actually never tried this, but Jared said I haven't either of a keg stand, which is where two people hold up your your each leg, and yes. you stand upside down on a keg, and you basically chug. Just stick the tap of the keg into your mouth. Yep. <laughs> and apparently, what it is, because I, I asked, what's the point of being upside down? They claim it goes to your head faster. Maybe that's just some old Makes wives' sense. tale. But Maybe. it'll definitely, regardless of whether you're upside down or not, it'll definitely uh, mach dir blau. That's true. Is that how you'd say it? It makes you blue? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, oh, I guess, uh, what other ones do you have? Because um, let's see, because um, one, as I said, I have to hang out with my friends. And I don't, I don't have any ones that are really apropos. Oh, so, I do. Uh, I, have, I okay. do have one. Go for it. It's Go funny. For it. So you talked about, um, you talked about uh, I, this was not planned, which I, I could have just said it was, but I don't know why I had to do that. Uh, so you talked about uh, Blauzein. And uh, in Panama... They say uh, tener goma, which is uh, the little... You tra- have goma, wherever that is. Glue. And, and that, so it's to not to be hammered. It's not to okay. be hammered, but it's katar. So it's after... Oh, uh, have it's, a, a hangover. Okay. Yes, yes. So that's uh, the next... That's actually, I would say the next day, but really if you're t- starting to tailgate at 6 in the morning, your hangover, you probably have glue around like 7 in the afternoon. Yep. You do. <clears throat> I am living proof that is exactly what happens, and it's horrible. Yeah. Anyways, my last untranslatable for you, Jared, is check. I had to have a check one. Of and course. It is, it is mit spichku, uh, which means to have a tip. By the way, I need to, I, I'm going to bring it up every time, but I'm still shocked that you have more of these to, to bring to me. <laughs> every week, buddy, I'm going to be bringing to ha- them. To ha- have a tip? Yep, to have a tip. Is it to like um, rat someone out or to nope. Uh, snitch? Nope. To uh, think of the word tip. Not like the tip. Tip as in money. Nope. Tip as in like the tip of your finger or nope. You know. Okay, just give it to me then, because clearly I'm not on the right track. Uh, it's an old-fashioned Czech phrase that means to be tipsy. Oh, say say. What's the English translation again? Um, to have a tip. Oh, okay. All right. To be tipsy. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense as far as, I don't it's know what tipsy cool. means, but tipsy, does that like, is tipsy like tipsy-turvy? Where it's maybe, like, ooh, maybe. a little, a little yeah, shaky maybe. here. Could be. I'm not sure. Okay. Could be. Well, I, 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 um, I, th- I, I think that's, um, I'll say this, um, we've, 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 we've had a great talk here about, um, about tailgating and about all the aspects of tailgating. I don't care how fancy your camper is. I don't care how good your setup is. I don't care if you have the best hot dogs. You're, you're gonna, you're, you're, your tailgate is not going to be good if you do not have good music. Good point. And, um, and I think that if you're looking for a way to really bring the party, bring the funk, 
all you need to do is turn on the uh, go to YouTube first of all is what you should do, and and open up the uh, <laughs> untranslatable podcast YouTube channel. Go to our playlist of songs of the pod, and just really go through that, and you'll have the greatest party ever. Whether it's bar mitzvah, whether it's tailgate, whether it's uh, church function, whether it's uh, family reunion. There's songs for everyone. Everyone will love it. Make sure you, st- <laughs> especially uh, if you're on the road again. And that list is just continuing to get longer and longer with things, songs like today's song, which is um, uh, It Runs Through Me by British guitarist, singer, producer Tom Mish. And this song also features, um, you know, I chose it because one, I know Chad is a huge uh, guitar fan, so he'd uh, automatically uh, appreciate that aspect of it. And he and Tom Mish is clearly been um, sort of raised within the blues. Like, that's clearly his influence. And so I knew Chad would love all of that aspect of it. And then also for, you know, for me, because I, once again, I'm selfish. Um, I lo- it's featuring De La Soul, which is one of my favorite rap groups and uh, legend, or legendary rap group. And I'm always, are you listening to it right now? Yes, sir. I didn't know if you were just bobbing your head or actually listening to it. I always listen to these when we when we do the song of the pod segment, just just to make sure I don't miss anything. <laughs> make sure I don't miss anything. Uh, yeah. Well, so um, I, it's 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 just it's it's a, just a good song. It's once again, it's just uh, he sings, so he's just uh, sings this uh, very nice song, and he plays this blues guitar. And then uh, what you're listening to it now, you actually might know better than me. What would you say? What would you say about the song? What's the message? What are these he talking about? What do you like about it? I mean, to me, it just seems like how music just—it's like the title just runs through you. It just yeah. That that's that's the thing where it's like I I almost hate to say that there's I'm not picking up on some sort of great message, but but Sometimes the great thing about it one. is you don't need a great message to also recognize great a great musician, and to uh to tell when it's at, like when someone's into it and when they're uh, and that's one thing I love about live music too is actually seeing it's like oh this person. You can almost kind of tell when um, the person, like, like say when their eyes are closed, especially where it's like, like this, this musician is not even thinking about this giant group of people in front of them. They're just into their their song, mm-hmm. and this is not about them anymore. This is just about you know, th- this song's just running through me, and I I gotta get it out. Right. Yeah, it's an amazing song. I've never heard of this artist before, so. Check Thank him out, you, man. Jared. You'll probably uh, you'll probably like some of his other stuff too. Oh, I'm sure. I do want to mention my favorite part of the song, though, which is in the pre-chorus. He says, "She told me at a bass line, and everything will be all right." And what is so clever is, as he says that, the bass line kicks in. Oh yes, which yes. is awesome. Yeah, I like that. That that's a good that's a good catch. Mm-hmm. Good so eye. That, that caught my attention actually the first listen around because I was like. I, I'm like, where's the baseline? Like, this is so kind of jazzy and funky. Like, where's the baseline? And you said she told me I have a baseline. It just kicks right in. Um, so yeah, it's well, an you, awesome you guys song. were on the same page. I guess so, huh? Simpatico, as the Hungarians say. That's true. So check that out on our YouTube channel, Untranslatable yep. Podcast. Yep. Um, we are putting that up for your listening pleasure. Um, mm-hmm. Tom Mish, it runs through me. Mish. Uh, I Mish, think it's sorry. Mish. I mean, I'm not um, sure, but I think it's Mish. He's, Fair he's enough. English. Featuring De La Soul. All yes. right, Jared. Well, I got an important check word of the pod. Well, check phrase of the pod, I would say, for you. Okay. Um, and this one has actually, I've impressed quite a few checks, I have to say, by saying this. So um, 
I'll, I'll kind of give you some context and see a little extra untranslatable. See if you can guess this one. Okay. So I'll, I'll be at a restaurant or a bar and the waitress will come up and I'll say, yes, do no prosim. Prosim means please. What do you I think? Like yes, do no means. I feel like it's saying I would like to make an order or like I'm ready to order. Not, not quite. Um, I will tell you yedno means one. A table for one? I don't nope. know. Man, Another really one, please. Blowing it here. Oh, oh. So when, you're, when your pivo or your beer is empty, all you got to say is yes do yedno, and you're good to go. Good job. Very good job. How does it feel to st- how does it feel to start acquiring some of these phrases? Especially like this is that's all you need. Like you've 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 essentially perfected check enough to go to a bar and and and, and have a drink. You can order a beer, I assume. Yeah. How would oh, you yeah. how, how how would you do that? Dom, I mean, the easiest way is Dom to C. say Pivo. the beer <laughs> or to I say mean, or or you could say yeah, you could say people prosim. I mean, right. I always try to be polite and add that prosim on there, the please. But, and um, you and you also have the ability to continue to drink, get more and more. That's right. And, and if, then if you, you also wanna... have also done a check word that I believe in the past you've done you done the check please as well. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, then you can square it off. Uh-huh. Yeah, there that's you go. True. You yeah. got the whole bar process down. That's that's true. Um, and and then, restaurant, I guess. And too. then I believe the term the check term if you're at a table. And everybody has drank their beers, and you want like another round for everyone. You can say yesto yedno kodola, which means like I think for everyone or another round or something like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so yesto yedno is a very important phrase if you are drinking beer in the Czech Republic. Which any of our uh, American listeners, if they ever go visit the Czech Republic, I would highly suggest it. The quality of beer here is great, um, and if you want to kind of fool some people into thinking that you're you're a, a natural, you can just say yesto yedno. Or if you, or if you just want to um, try to uh, come to people on their own uh, level and, and and not try to uh, stick out, mm-hmm. I don't think it's fooling people. You put such a negative connotation on it. That's you're not true. doing it to fool people. You're doing no. it so you can. I'm doing it to fit in. Fit in, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, and it, fooling is. A, I guess it's. I guess maybe fool, it, fooling might be the word. But I say that's a po- fooling as a negative connotation. That's but true. I think fooling might be a fair word to use. But I feel like or maybe you're using it in a positive or, yeah. way. Right. But I yeah. Just, so I just I, now I'm now I'm being a positive Jared. It's not just Chad that uh, kind of bring the positive. I love it. I like it. You know, I'm I'm back yeah, home. So, I'm feeling good. <laughs> right. But yeah. So uh, <clears throat> so that's a useful phrase for all of you out there. Yeshto yedno. Um, another one. Okay, so I, know. I that's exactly you're you're good. Parada. You're ready. Uh, okay, so I have one joke for you, Jared. I tried to find tailgating jokes. I tried to think of tailgating jokes. I couldn't really, but I did think of a football joke. So okay. how are bad football teams like opossums? Is it opossum or possum? Either or. I think it's I think it's your possum. choice. How are bad um are we talking soccer? No. How are bad okay. American football teams like possums? Because if it was soccer, I would say, like football soccer, I would say like playing dead. Like there's a lot of well, that's, playing that's, dead that's and that's rolling half over. Of it. That's half of it. Uh, oh, they're both, they're both good at rolling over and uh, taking a, I don't know. Just tell so me the my, joke. Now my, my punchline here. So, <laughs> so how are bad football teams like possums? Oh, this like is possums? a Chad original? Mm-hmm. 
How are ah, bad football teams like possums? Then it is opossums. I'm sorry. It's your joke. Well, well, it's. I would say it's like half original. I changed up the the delivery. I didn't really change right. up the punchline. Okay. It's half original. <laughs> um, they so, so so here we go. So how are football teams like possums? They play dead at home and they get killed on the road. Oh, I like it. I like it. And that's why Michigan's feeling so good right now because that's usually how they are. That's why right. Ryan. Uh, Ryan is on his higgity high horse. <laughs> That's true. That is true. But yeah. Do you know, have you, so, I mean, did you, I, I, you don't have Twitter though, so never mind. You haven't seen it. I'm, I'm done. We're moving on. Sorry. Go ahead. I want, I want you to send me some screenshots later, please, because I would love to read these. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah if if yeah, you got the sure. time. If you got the time. I'll do Anyways, it right after this. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Well, we hope uh, all of our listeners out there, we hope you have enjoyed our episode on the road again, Ann Arbor. Also talking about tailgating. And thank you. We're not going to get in trouble for playing that, are we? I think it's, I think it's only like five, six, seven seconds. I think it's a low, uh, like a small, it's like a short enough chunk that it's okay. Okay. I hope so. And for, hey, let me also, I think it's okay because what you don't know is that's actually me singing and I recorded that all in my uh in my room and then just and then just put it on it's not actually a, from a youtube uh youtube you better, video that i rip you better it off teach of. me how to uh you better teach me how to do a better willie nelson nelson impression uh, uh, <laughs> anyways we hope you all have enjoyed our on the road again episode um please contact us oh wait i'm jumping the gun here i gotta give us all uh, i gotta end us with our quote um sorry. yeah so our quote no, of the okay. pod is from a very famous football, I believe he was a football player and then later well-known as a commentator. Who that? Uh, John Madden. And he said, if you look at tailgating, everybody does it. It's for everyone who likes to cook outdoors. It could be a 4th of July picnic. It really is, I think, an American cultural phenomenon where um, everybody enjoys it. Grilling. Being out. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's very true. I never thought of how specifically American... Like it is because, you know, a, a tailgate is almost no different of a set. I mean, rather than not, you know, being out of the back of your I mean, uh, back out of your out of the back of your car. Excuse me. It's just like the same ex- everything you'd need for a good Fourth of July party or any sort of one, one of those Memorial Day sort of quintessential American holiday parties. Exactly. Where, where it's just like a different w- way and place to bar- essentially barbecue and drink beer, which Americans love to do. Oh, for sure. And for all of and our I foreign, had a great time drinking beer this weekend too. Oh, I'll bet. Sorry, it's it's uh, it's hard to not have a great time at a tailgate. Got so much to say, right? But yeah, so um, and for all of our uh, foreign uh, foreign listeners out there, or or I should say non-American listeners out there, if you ever get the chance to be in the United States during football season, especially college football season, and can attend a tailgate, I would highly suggest it. It's a lot of fun. Um, can get some delicious food, some really good beer. And play some fun drinking games and get to know people. So we hope you mm-hmm. enjoyed our On the Road Again Ann Arbor edition. Um, I want to thank you, Jared, for such a great episode. And I hope you continue to have a blast while you're in Ann Arbor. Going places that I've never been. And uh, That is my way of saying thank you. And I had a great time talking about Ann Arbor. It's a great city. And we hope other people can check it out. Um, and please let us know if you have any untranslatables. Uh, contact us on Twitter, Untranslatable1. Uh, shoot us an email at untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com. Check us out on Instagram. We would love to have you um, follow our uh, page. We have a lot of interesting audio clips and photos from our all of our random travel excursions and just our daily lives. So please check that out. 
And uh, we hope you all have a great um, day or night or whenever you happen to be listening to this. And we will talk to you next time. <laughs>